If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey guys, how we all doing? What's up? It's the Wolf Den Podcast time. Will, how you doing? I'm intrigued. Not to get jump too far ahead, but uh, George McFarlane in the chat just wrote, Bob seems like the kind of guy who would do an incredible Squidward impression. And I'm curious to know if you would be able to do just a Squidward Give impression. Give me a line. Uh, I don't line. <laughs> see, my problem is I didn't watch SpongeBob growing up, so I don't know what Squidward's... Squidward quotes. Just, you know, complain about SpongeBob being a bad worker. I order the food, you cook the food. The customer gets the food. That's not bad. That's, that's, that's not pretty bad. good. <laughs> I think that was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, uh, not terrible. Fuck you. All right, J Buggy, thanks for the 62 months. 62 months. Hey, Bob, you plan on tracking to hack the Vita again? It's stupid easy now. All right, I don't believe you. You could easily handle it. LOL. Hey, Will. Hey. Uh, I uh have I have a list of video ideas. Yeah, and it is one of them. I do want to try it again. I don't believe you that it's easier. <laughs> uh, M. Skelton says, as a faithful SpongeBob fan, that is very bad. <laughs> uh, Lost Tech says, with 11 months, Snyder's honey mustard and onion pretzels are a very delicious snack. Try them and you would add them to the S tier list. Have we not have honey mustard and onion? I feel like. I, I know I've eaten honey mustard and onion pretzels, and let me tell you, uh, they are not an S tier snack. <laughs> they are. What's lower than F tier? Garbage tier. Yeah. Big Boosh uh, with 16 months. Hey, Will. Hey. Uh, Rise Frog with 28 months. What's up, Wolf Bros? I have been playing the Fire Emblem Engage, and I love me some Fire Emblem strategy game. Uh, we talk about that on the Nintendo podcast coming out Thursday. Okay. Uh,. I'm surprised people like it. Really? I haven't really been hearing many good things. I don't, know. I don't really follow the Fire Emblem. I hear people who like Fire Emblem seem to like the game. I haven't really heard people giving me specifics on why they like it. <laughs> it seems pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I like lost track of Fire Emblem real long. It used to be back in the day. It was easy because there was. You know, because there weren't many Fire Emblems in America. Right. So there was the, the, the original GBA Fire Emblem. And then there was like the sequel and then the follow up. And then, but now there's like all these different weird spin offs and variations. And even like the mainline games are so different from what they used to be. It's like, I, it's just not a series that at this point I can come close to keeping up in or even dipping my toe in. That seems to be the thing is that, uh, Three Houses changed a lot about Fire Emblem yeah. and then Engage went back. And it's okay. kind of like Pokemon where they changed a lot of, game mechanics and modernized them uh -huh. and then uh this one just made it all shitty again <laughs> that's what it seems like i know fire Emblem fans are gonna say the opposite uh also 
Will Wolf Dammit with 36 months. You too can use your Amazon Prime membership to subscribe to this channel. That's right, you can. Just link your Amazon account to, the, to Twitch and then use your Prime subscription to subscribe to us every month. Wow. Instead of paying money. I just realized, why don't I have a separate account with my Amazon Prime linked? And why don't I Amazon Prime to myself every month? I feel like that's insider trading. Oh, I could do that on my other account. There you go. I gotta, I'm going to, I need to remember to subscribe <laughs> to myself every month. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of things to talk about. Yes. Uh, surprise, E3 is dead again. Uh, also, uh, there's an Xbox Direct last week. There was. Which had some interesting yes. stuff. Uh, it had like an interesting thing It had thing some in interesting it. things. Uh, it had an interesting presentation too, which, I, which we can talk about later. I'm also going to move this up a little bit. GoldenEye is out. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a big deal to us. Uh, some news about The Last of Us and Uncharted uh, and so a bunch of other stuff. A lot of stuff. We got yes. a lot of little things to talk about. You know, I want to move uh, uh, Halo Infinite up. That, that's gonna yeah, be a that's, big deal. that's going to be a big deal because there's a lot to talk about about that. Yeah, I'm going to be moving a lot of things here. Okay. Uh, also, I had to fix something on the computer. Oh, but until then, why don't we talk? Why don't we jump right into Xbox? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Jump right into Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony not doing E3. Yes. As well as us. We're not yeah, we're not, we were not included in this headline. E3's first physical event in four years was supposed to be a triumphant return for the trade show, an opportunity to recapture some of the excitement of past conventions, which historically have been a major showcase events for the gaming industry. However, it appears that when E3 2023 hits the Los Angeles Convention Center in June, it will be without the three of its most important draws. IGN has heard from multiple knowledgeable sources that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo won't be part of E3 2023 or have a presence on the Los Angeles Convention Center show floor. This information comes on the heels of Xbox's announcement last week that it would be returning to Los Angeles for its annual summer showcase while declining to confirm whether it would be part of the show itself. Speaking with IGN last week, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer said that the platform holder is timing its showcase with E3 at, at a moment convenient for press and even uh, consumers at the event meaning it's likely to roughly align with the event itself. Spencer also stressed that Xbox's public support for E3 and the ESA, uh, and the, the Entertainment Software Association, however, IGN understands that Xbox won't have a booth on the show floor. Uh, according to Spencer, E3 is just, to me, one of those seminal moments in gaming. I love the history of going down to LA, thousands of people there, getting to see great new things, getting to see people in the industry, the fan... The fan events that we've had, I definitely want to do. I would definitely want that to continue. Xbox is on board. Xbox is on the board of the ESA, and I think a successful and healthy ESA is critical to what we're trying to do. So we're so we place our showcase like we have always done at the time where hopefully it's convenient for press and even consumers that are going to E3, and and that's what we're trying to do now. We will continue to work with the ESA in terms of their plan. As I said, we're on board. We're on the board. Uh, and we want to make sure that we are go we're doing everything we can to help make the E3 successful. Xbox's current plans for the showcase remain unconfirmed, but in previous years it has held a showcase, preview events, and press mixers. Internally, Xbox has recently suffered layoffs and other cuts, forcing it to tighten its belt following a year that saw virtually no major releases. Xbox's decision not not to have a formal presence on E3 show floor comes as a surprise, given its support for the event in the past. Out of the so-called Big Three, it appeared the most likely to be at E3. 
not the not the least because it has made several major releases to promote in 2023, including Starfield. Everything all right over there? Shocked myself. Okay. Uh, Nintendo has also traditionally maintained a booth at E3 show floor, even after pioneering the direct format. However, IGN has heard from several sources in the industry that neither Nintendo nor Sony will be at E3 2023, with Sony originally dropping out in 2019 over reported disagreements with the ESA. It's currently unclear whether Nintendo and Sony intend to, intend to time a showcase with the event. Representatives from Nintendo, Sony, Xbox, and the ESA did not return requests for comment by press time. Uh, more on that later. ReadPop, uh, who is running E3 this year, provided the following statement. E3 is such a significant event for the game industry and being entrusted with the important cultural touchstone is not a responsibility ReadPop takes lightly. Since ReadPop took took on the contract to run E3 six months ago, we've worked diligently with ESA members based on their feedback to create a new type of E3 that supports their goals and needs. This process has taken time due to tr a tremendous amount of stakeholders offering input for, uh, though we appreciate that we could have been more transparent to questions for which uh, we were still finalizing the answers. We continue to work tirelessly to create a show that brings together a global gaming industry. We believe, we're, we believe we've created a new format for the event that serves the needs for both the industry and its fans and are committed to building and growing it in the coming years. As we spend much of... As we spend much of 2022 refining how E3 2023 would take shape, reflecting on the feedback we solicited, we did not send a single contract to an exhibitor until the start of this month. We have received a tremendous amount of interest and verbal commitment from many of the biggest companies in the industry. And when we are ready to announce the exhibitors, we are confident it will be a lineup that will make the trip to Los Angeles well worth it for the industry and consumers alike. So... Um, Xbox wasn't there the last time. So it, so I, I I really don't know why this is. Uh, so I think such a basically what today. Phil Spencer is trying to say without flat out saying it. So last time there was an E3, the last one we were at actually. Um, Microsoft did not have a presence on the show floor, but the Microsoft Theater, which Microsoft owns, is literally right next door. Yeah, so they just did. An they just event did their own thing at the, at same the exact same time, and they just yeah. called it part of E3 because I guess they could get away with that. So we didn't actually. Well, did you go go into that? No, I don't think I ever. No, did. we didn't. We never got a chance. And didn't to. they do that the year before also? Yeah, yeah, that's been their thing. <clears throat> yeah, Sony was the big deal last year because yes. they decided they weren't going at all. Yeah, that was, and they didn't even have an announcement or anything. Mm -hmm. They just completely. Yeah, backed out. Not yeah. last year. The last year that E3 happened, 2019. They just decided, nah, we're we're good. Yeah. We don't need to go. Nintendo has been the holdout. Nintendo Ninten has always been at E3. They've always had a booth. Yeah. Yes. So Nintendo not showing up to E3 is the biggest deal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Phil Spencer saying that they they I'm the 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 line that stuck out to me was the last one he said, which mm -hmm. was uh uh I don't know something like he wants to have. He he intends on making the E3 good or something. Yeah. Well, I've, you got to remember, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, and every major video game publisher is a part of the ESA. The, right. They are on the board of the ESA because the ESA is not, they don't just run E3. They are the lobbying group for all of video gaming. They're the people who, whenever you know Congress wants to pass laws outlawing video games, they're the ones who go and you know try to stop that from happening. Right. So... 
they've done good, but they don't know how to run a convention to save their life. <laughs> no, correct. Which is why, uh, which is why we have a vendetta against. Yes. Them. Um. So, so it, it sounded to me like Phil Spencer was just trying to like maintain his relationship with the ESA without saying we're not taking part in your stupid well, convention. To me, this sounds like Xbox is is having more involvement than I would have thought because again in in 2019 they just did all of their stuff at the same time. Right. So they're still kind of doing the exact same thing. Well, whereas PlayStation and right, was PlayStation probably not going to have anything to do with right. it. Right. And Nintendo probably also isn't going to have anything. Yeah, to do with that's it. Yeah. a huge deal. It just sounds like to me uh Phil Spencer is trying to say, you know, we're going to do something at the same t- He doesn't want to you know have a bad relationship with the ESA, but he also doesn't want to be a part of it. So he's just basically tap dancing around. Yeah. What he actually wants to say, which is we will have our own event separate from E3 at the same time as E3, literally on the same block as E3. Yeah. I don't think he straight up confirmed. Well, he said he wants to line up the announcements. Yeah. So more or less, it'll be around the same yeah. time. I'm surprised they're not doubling down on something like summer games fest or something. Yeah. Uh, Wolf Den dad in the chat says, what okay. happened to E1 and E2? E-gats. <laughs> Have another drink. <laughs> He's in Florida. So he also said he E3 should move to Vegas and feature the Wolf Den podcast at the Blue Wire studio in the in the Wynn Las Vegas. Have another one. He's though. he's like a to- he's like a wind up toy. He's only got like yeah four lines. He's, he's like well he's old so it'd be like a a pull string. A pull string. Yeah. Right. 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 Anyway, um, yeah. So. Surprise, nobody's going to stupid yeah. E3. I can't imagine E uh E3 making it worth it at all at this point for anybody to go. No. Why would any smaller publishers or or game companies show up at all? If, well, I if the feel big like three aren't going to be there. For uh, and the, and the, uh, the whole point of a convention is to showcase your work yeah. to people publicly and for them to like try it out in public. Mm-hmm. I think for especially for the big three, they all now have some form of online showcase to do that. So yeah. I, from you don't need to go to an event. It's not no. like the freaking nineties anymore, where you no. needed an event to have all of the big gaming to yeah. showcase all of this stuff in the games industry, and then you have it for media, and all of the media goes and writes about yeah. it, and then puts it in their publications because everybody reads their publications now. You literally everybody has a microphone. All of these companies can literally just put yeah. out a tweet, and then the the publications will write articles about it. No reason at all to have an event like this, especially one as disorganized and shitty as E3. Yeah. Uh, further down in the article, it says, according to one knowledgeable source, there have been ongoing frustrations with the ESA over the last three years, who they claim have incredibly mishandled the E3 brand over the last three years. They cooperated other IGN sources in saying that several major E3 organizers have departed the ESA, leaving a new group to sweep up after them and criticized Reed Pop's handling of the event. The source claims oh. that Reed Pop began contra- uh, contacting publishers about E3 last fall while promising to book spots in December, but with less than six months to go until E3, 
The source says there's a lot of missing information. There's not a good sense that there is an understanding what this show is going to be or how it will come together, which is strange for from a company that does such an amazing job with packs twice a year. Yeah, that I'm co- confused about because I yeah. always thought I was under the impression that Reed Pop would actually fix a lot of the stuff. All Reed like Pop speciality is conventions. They run most of the major conventions in this country and around the world. And I have had good things to say about all of the PAXs. Yes. I've had good things to say about Comic-Con itself. Yes. Not a lot of good things to say about the, the ticketing system yes, there, of Comic-Con. Comic-Con has had its issues, yes. Yes. The event itself is relatively fine. Yeah. Uh, so, And that's more than I could say about E3. E3 yes. has, been, has always been a terribly run convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I really did have faith in Repop to fix things. So yeah. I'm surprised that people are talking shit. Yeah. Um, it seems like there'd be a perfect shepherds for something like E3. So who knows where the issue is? Is it an ESA issue? Is it a Repop issue? But there seems to be a lot of genuine interest from game publishers in the concept of E3. But it's really frustrating that we don't have uh, good solutions. That's, that's an interesting point. Uh, to me, it sounds like... E3 is still trying to toe this line between a industry only event where the industry gets together and showcases all their games and select people from the press and select retailers get to come and like write about it and like buy the games to sell in their store, which is what E3 was for the majority of its life. And then the later half of E3 where um, fans can come and hold up the lines and play games and not film anything because they, they, they found a way to uh monetize the mystique of e3 yeah and 100 absolutely ruined e3 yeah um but also like it's it's 21st century again you don't need a whole convention to showcase your games yeah not only will people uh, uh write about the games if you just drop a press release on the internet but also you can release a demo for everybody to play yeah. You can release the demo straight to uh, uh, media if you want, which yeah. companies do. Or you, with a better thing to do, or release it straight up to the internet or and since, let, let the world decide. Since demos aren't in vogue anymore and you prefer betas, release a beta yeah. of it for so, people to like play. Like a timed beta. So uh, this ain't it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad people are wising up and pulling out. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a little, I'm, again, surprised that ReadPop uh, is, is having an issue because... My favorite convention is PAX. I right. love PAX. PAX East is happening uh, at the end of March, and I will be there. Um, I don't think we're giving away uh, uh, badges. Every time I they ask me to give away badges for PAX, yeah. and I've done it the last couple of years. And the last two year, two or three years that it's gone on, um, it was hard to give away the bad. The people would, people would uh, join the giveaway uh-huh. and then not want the badges. Hmm. They'd be like, oh, no, I can't go. So, like, I don't want to give them away if people yeah. are going to keep not wanting it. Um, well, the ESA has responded to this. Oh. Not directly. Okay. They, this was in, I believe, what did they say? The ESA has addressed IGN's report, uh, voicing its support for Repop in a message to members and saying that the, organ- the organizer has made strong progress in reshaping the event. So, this was sent to members. This was not sent to the public. But IGN got its hands on the letter. (laughs) As you have likely seen, IGN published an article last night about E3, 
While we are not able to comment on the specific claims in the article, we want to share our commitment to moving forward with E3. E3 has a rich history within our industry, and we are always heartened to feel the passion for the show and hear what it means to different people. Reviving a trade show after a three-year hiatus and a global pandemic has always was always going to have its challenges, which is why we conducted an extensive search in consultation with ESA member, uh, member companies to identify the best partner to produce E3. In selecting ReadPop as our partner, we have been able to tap into their rich history of hosting popular industry events like PAX and broader consumer shows like Comic-Con. They have made strong progress in reshaping the event and have received tremendous support from industry companies of all sizes who are not only thinking about E3 2023, but how E3 fits into marketing plans for 2024 and beyond. It's important to note that even as the show evolves and adapts, it will not impact the core ESA work for its uh, member companies. Our priority remains advocating for your policy interests on the state and federal level. We will share news and developments uh, regarding E3 as they are available. If you have questions in the meantime, feel free to reach out to us. Thank you for your ongoing support. Our priority remains advocating for your policy interests on the state and federal level. That's what I was talking about before when they they would lobby on behalf of video games to the government. Uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that is their priority. That's the priority of the ESA. Yeah. E3 was just something they did one to make money it was like they're because you know lobbying costs money um but b just uh have like an industry specific event to announce like all the games that were coming out because they used to do it at ces and it was a disaster when they would do it at ces right reading that i i i'm beginning to understand that e3 is just gonna be packs yeah because <laughs> like packs doesn't have a lot of the big publishers although it has in the past had playstation and nintendo yeah last year it didn't have either um twitch used to be there twitch wasn't there last year uh intel had a huge booth it yeah. was like half of the convention was intel and the same thing with pax west too um so yeah, I suspect that a lot of the pe- they're going to go after Read Pop is going to reach out to a lot of the people who do mm-hmm. PAX, and PAX is a great convention. It's just E3 is going to be like a bait and switch. It's going to be like come here for the mystique of E3 yeah. for all the new games or whatever, and you're just going to end up getting a weird sort of like watered down E3 that is basically just a pack yeah in LA. It, it sounds like they still don't really know if they want to do an industry only show and a fan show and like yeah. the trying to combine the two just doesn't seem like it's something that they they know how to do which is weird because something like new york comic-con is technically both an industry show and yeah. a fan show and they actually do a pretty good job yeah because so, because there's the the industry day yeah there's a whole day for industry people now i mean before it used to be like there was like industry hours like you get there a little early yeah. or something for it uh now there's just a whole ass day that's specifically for industry it's great yeah, yeah. Uh, and there and there's different levels of industry too yeah uh last year we were professionals we weren't allowed to be media yeah. we were allowed to we're, be professionals we're, that's... but being a professional meant you had to go on thursday, thursday and only which thursday. was totally fine which is perfect that's the best day to go because there's no one else there yeah. you get to walk around you get to do all the things you want to do and then leave you don't have to go back yeah so you might miss out on some exclusives but i didn't really care yeah me neither. I, I got my 90s kyle rayner action figure i don't care uh, <laughs> so i wasn't yeah that that's 
how you do it. Yeah. And E3 never did it like that. Yeah. They always just had a weird hodge. Well, they had like two hours before the convention that was like industry. Yeah. And then it opened the floodgates. Yeah. And then the lines were insane. And also like it's an industry event. So those two hours fucking everybody was yeah. there. And it was the first two hours of the convention. So everybody wanted to play all the popular stuff. So it was a mess. Um, so I, I, I... I hope that E3 crashes and burns. I feel bad for Reed Pop for having to to deal with this because yeah. I do like them and I, I I like everything else that they've done. But uh, it's 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 uh it's the principle of the thing. It's E3. It, it's call it something else when it's not called E3 anymore and the ESA isn't involved. Yeah, <laughs> or is significantly less involved. Mm-hmm. Then maybe I'll come. But until then, no. Fuck yes. Uh, anyway. Um, Mr. Rock PR. Thanks for the two months. I think the internet killed E3 events just like Video Killed the Radio Star. Uh, I'm going to say COVID. Yeah. And the big fucking uh, uh, leak that they did where they doxed well, literally I, I all think, of their attendees. I think they're most more talking about how... The, you know, the, the fact that on the internet you can spread information a lot easier and faster yes. now than you could back when E3 started. Because back then it was just magazines. I think to a lesser extent, uh, the, it wasn't so much the internet as much as it was um, social media. Mm. Because the fact that you can just drop a tweet announcing yeah. a game or you can, you know, post... Um, a, an entire trailer for all of your company's uh games for the next year and beyond yeah you know the fact that you know people generally have more control of what they put out on the internet rather than having to rely on somebody else i think that was the start of the downturn of e3 yeah because you know once companies realize they can just do it themselves they don't need this big trade event once audiences realize they don't have to go to IGN or GameStop, the GameSpot or like the the main video game websites and magazines, they can go to somebody with you know a personality much more closer to what they're like, and you know as much more interested in the games they're interested in. I think that was a big deal too. So it's just yeah. the ad and social media. I mean Twitter and YouTube and you know Tumblr and like uh, WordPress things like that. That's what started started the downturn of e3 and then COVID and doxing people didn't help but matters i think people uh i think the 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 larger audience that enjoyed e3 doesn't really understand that what they liked about e3 kind of had nothing to do with e3 like the nintendo directs and uh the press conferences i mean back in the day the press conferences were at e3 well even then the press conferences they, those are technically on what was called day zero mm-hmm. because E3 would start on Tuesday, but Monday was when Microsoft had their press yeah. conference and then a night Sony had their press conference and then on day one, Nintendo had their press conference in the morning. Yeah. And then other like EA tried to do like day minus one and yeah. Bethesda tried to do, like jump but on that. But in the more recent years, I mean the past like six, yeah. all of those conferences were off site. Yeah, they were all in yeah. different places. They had nothing to do with the convention. Even longer than that, I would say over the past ten. Okay, yeah, that that they 
Because, like, Sony has a freaking theater. Freaking yeah. Microsoft has a theater. Like, they don't need to, to do it at the convention. Yeah. I, remember, I, f- I forgot if it was when it was at Rev3 or G4. But there, I remember watching Adam Sessler back before he was crazy. Um, he, he was... He, he has went, lost his mind. He like went to every press conference that day. And there was, like, four of them. And it was just, like, a vlog of him... At, at the Microsoft one, then running to EAs, and then running to, I think it was Bethesda, and then running to Sony. Yeah. And that was all in the same day. Mm-hmm. So, and that was where all the news was. Yeah. So, the next few days, it's just like, it would trickle out, like, oh, this is what the next Halo is. Oh, this is what um, the next uh, God of War is. You yeah. know, the, the, the actual more in-depth information would trickle out over the next yeah. few days. People just But even then, sorry, even then, like it would change because Jeff Keighley invented Developers Week, which was the week before E3, where all the press would go and try out the games privately and then write about that, and then they would have their articles written up in time to just hit send and they would appear online. Mm. So even then, like the whole idea of E3 like started to shift. It's it's just that all of the news comes out at once that's yeah. what people like about e3 yeah. is that it, it's a it's a just a freaking injection of of exciting gaming news yeah and that's what will be missed but that is not uh something that can't be you know done again yeah i think there is something to be said about like one day where uh the big three sony microsoft and nintendo all release uh, press conferences and then just announce all the ga- all the major games for their platforms this year. And then the next day, it's like just a trickle of information from like everybody else. There's yeah. something ma- there is something magical and unique about that. Yeah, but you don't need um, the ES. You don't really need the ESA to do it, no. and you don't need E3 to do it. There are there are other better ways to do it. The ex- it was easy for the ESA to do it because they already had they had all the connections. They had all the connections with the, with everybody. Every all they lobby for video games. So yeah. like you know they they had all the companies in their back pocket. Um, now get a fucking couple of influencers together. <laughs> get like some of the big guys, well, I mean- round them up, and and do it that way i mean jeff Keeley has all the connections now we so need jeff Keeley jeff more Keighley. than ever now we need jeff Keeley. i remember i remember like this was years ago when he had um phil spencer the head of xbox reggie fils then head of nintendo and sean layton then head of playstation all three of them standing on stage at the same time and i remember thinking that's world peace right there <laughs> that's that's the three biggest leaders all together on stage just enjoying each other's company talking about how games are games are games we're all in this together. Like that's mm. the magic you need. And now, fucking the guy who's in charge of Sony wants to burn Microsoft <laughs> to the ground for trying to take Call of Duty from him. <laughs> yeah, I, I that the parts that people miss about E3 are like we can do that again. And you you shouldn't want E3 to give that to you. Yeah, because E3 itself is bullshit money grab piece of garbage yes it, it's it's you just want the excitement of the announcements which will you will get when they happen and if you want them all in a week suck it up you might not get them all in a week. <laughs> but uh you could if somebody else took control of it make jeff keely president <laughs> all right 
Uh, you get any notifications? No. Okay. But we can move on to the next topic. Yes. Which is that Microsoft, Microsoft did, did just that. Yes. They did their own announcement. They did a developers direct. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a big year for Xbox exclusives, we hope. And we showed that at the developer direct showcase where Xbox and Bethesda development team showcased extended gameplay and revealed key information of some brand new games coming to Xbox, PC, and Game Pass. So, so they talked about five it was 45 minutes yes talked about five games yes yeah yeah just want to get uh, that out of the way <laughs> but i think i only care about one of the games right but i think that format worked because it gave each game time to breathe you can't like they could actually explain what their game was and like actually show the game rather than it's just a two-minute trailer right i um, i i really like this format yes especially compared to the old uh xbox like format not the yeah. old one but the, the the last couple ones that they did they had like four hours of like a podcast with, yeah with people and it was yeah that was not fun this it was not fun. this was a good way to do it it was like were, a documentary style. yeah exactly and yeah. i think that that's a really unique way to do it because it's different how from how nintendo does it and it's different from how sony does it it's their right. own unique spin on it and i think it works for them uh the games they showcased uh, this started with Minecraft Legends launching April 18th. Mojang Studios, in partnership with Blackbird Interactive, announced that the upcoming action strategy game Minecraft Legends will be released on Tuesday, April 18th. Within the story-driven campaign, players can explore a world filled with treasure and perils, reunite with familiar mobs, um, meet um, new mysterious characters, and strategize with allies in epic battles against uh, the piglins. Uh, Minecraft Legends will... We'll also introduce a PvP mode, a first for the Minecraft series, and where two teams of up to four players uh, each work together to collect resources, build a base, and lay siege to the opposition's forces. It will be released on Xbox Game Pass, PC Game Pass, Windows PC, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and 5, Steam, and Switch. Literally everything. Yes. So, just like Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft Legends, new mm -hmm. game. Yes gonna be on fucking everything yes <laughs> just want to put that out there. yeah um this is good if you're into minecraft i was too old for it when it came out so i missed that boat completely. all of my friends got into it when yeah. it was like in beta yeah and they paid like 14 dollars for it and they got every version ever after that yeah. or some shit um but yeah i wasn't really i wasn't really into it. Yeah. I, I played a decent amount of it uh, like I understand it, but this is not like traditional Minecraft. This no, it's more like a strategy. Yeah, this is a f action strategy game. Yeah, right. So this is completely different. Which you know, I think it's interesting because I like they spent what four billion dollars on Mojang to like just for Minecraft. Mm -hmm. You gotta do more with Minecraft. I yeah. mean, you can't really make a Minecraft two, right? <laughs> um, but there's got to be like more you can do with it, and I think this is a good, um thing to do with it yes yeah. another type of genre within mm -hmm. that same world i mean they can keep adding to minecraft they haven't really done yeah much of that i mean they added like the story i mean <clears throat> they did add a lot to minecraft but since the microsoft acquisition i don't really think they've done well they've done much. minecraft story mode which was a telltale game and then they did minecraft dungeons yeah other which, other which games didn't have crafting in it. i'm talking about in minecraft right they added like a campaign to minecraft right. but i don't i'm pretty sure that was before the acquisition that yeah. that happened just do that again make another yeah. campaign um anyway Next one is Forza Motorsports. Uh, launching in 2023, Turn 10 Studios showed how it's making Forza Motorsport look, sound, and feel real through its cars, tracks, and audio. 
while all while delivering a generational leap in fidelity, immersion, and realism. Forza Motorsport is the most technically advanced and authentic racing game the team has ever made, built to take full advantage of the Xbox Series X and S consoles. Forza Motorsport is coming to Xbox Series X and S and Windows PC this year and will be available as part of Game Pass on both Xbox and PC, including cloud gaming. It will feature an incredible new online racing mode and an all-new car-building-focused single-player career. Uh, I actually I liked Forza 2 because I came with our yeah uh, it came with our Xbox came with our Xbox 360 yeah um this is a like a reboot this is technically what Forza eight eight okay yeah um they talked a lot about like the audio design and stuff and these games do have fantastic audio yeah, yeah they 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 go out and they mic up every piece of a car yeah and the, the specific car that you're yeah. driving so they they do do a really good job um. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I don't think. I'm yeah, this is like a hardcore racing show. This is the type of game you buy like that thousand yeah. dollar racing car chair. But it's for. fun. Like, yeah, I, like if I, you're I, into I like that, other yeah. Forza games. I like Forza Horizon because it's think, a little more arcade. Yeah, I think people generally like the more arcadey Horizons. Also, Horizon is open world. Yeah. And this is more traditional, like track based racing. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'll probably, you know, I might jump into it. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. Because. Forza Horizon is kind of like one of my go-tos for testing Game Pass out on stuff. Oh yeah, this would be fun to test out because it's gonna look really nice. Oh yeah, this will be, this will definitely become like a benchmark for graphics testing. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the biggest deal of the whole. Yes, month, which was uh, Hi- nobody was expecting. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush available now. Tango GameWorks yeah. surprised viewers with the announcement and launch of a never-before-seen game, Hi-Fi Rush. Unlike anything previously released by Tango GameWorks, Hi-Fi Rush is an over-the-top single-player rhythm action game in which the entire world moves to the beat. Players take on the role of Kai, a free-spirited slacker with rock star ambitions whose music player is fused in his chest. It's Chai, by the way. It's Chai? Yeah, it's oh. Chai. Uh, like my tea I'm drinking. Yeah. Chai and Chai must defend they, they himself. They all have like food names. Chai must defend himself through rhythmic combat featuring licensed tracks from iconic rock bands including Nine Inch Nails and the Black Keys with the help of a motley crew of allies. Uh, I haven't crew, heard but... any licensed tracks. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard any of the licensed tracks. Huh. And it's weird because like, first of all, there's a streamer mode that I don't have turned on. I don't right. want that. I want yeah. it. I don't give me a cease and desist. I don't care. I want to experience it the way it's experienced. Uh, but it'll come up in the corner like it's a music video. It'll it'll say like yeah. when there's a cool thing that's about to happen and, yeah. they, and they change the music, a thing will come up in the corner that makes it look like a music video and it has the text. And it always just says like hi-fi soundtrack, hi-fi rush. Right. By Tango Gameworks. It doesn't, it, it's not saying like Nine Inch Nails and Blackies or huh. whatever. So I haven't seen any of that so far. Uh, Hi Fi, according to Wikipedia, nine licensed uh, tr- tracks throughout the story. Uh, One Million and the Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Inanzwa Chainsaw by Number Girl. Lonely Boy by The Black Keys. Fast As You Can by Fiona Apple. Invaders Must Die by Prodigy. Uh, Worrying by The Joy Formidable, Wolfgang's Fifth Symphony by Wolfgang mm-hmm. Gardner, uh, and Honestly by Zwan. So any of those. Yeah, the the first boss has licensed music from Nine Inch Nails. I'm pretty sure for me, it acted like it was in streamer mode when I wasn't. Really? Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. my Xbox is linked to my Twitch. Maybe it just... Maybe it knows. Because there's a setting in the settings. Yeah, a lot of games And have it was that. off. Yeah. I had it off. Most games have that now, yeah. That's very. Yeah. It might have. It might have just known. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, I'll have to 
freaking play it when I'm not streaming. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, game is fucking fantastic. This game looks great. I haven't gotten it. This is a game I definitely want to try and play. Game I is around very, so. very good. Yeah. It is, uh, I mean, it's an action platformer. Yeah. Uh, it's got combat like the type that I've been burned out by where you just, you know, attack people and then counter oh the arkham uh, style yes but you do it on the beat okay and that changes fucking everything it's awesome yeah and i was a little uh, uh like for the first i'm playing it on very hard so i've been i've been <laughs> uh uh taking a lot longer to get through it right um for the first few hours, uh, you don't really have a counter attack. You only have like a dash. And the dash doesn't have any invulnerability frames. Mm -hmm. So when you dash, you can still get hit. So, and all of the hits and everything are to the beat. Yeah. So you dash on the beat. So you're going to get hit. If, right. If, you know, so it's, it's fucked up. <laughs> so after a few hours, they finally give you a counterattack uh -huh. which is great because you know the attack's coming on the beat so you can counter it um but the way they they give you the counterattack is uh they make you counter attacks that that are, they make you do basically simon says right like they'd be like bah, 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 mm -hmm. and you gotta go bah, 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 bah. it's really fucking good um they keep adding and adding abilities and combos and trying to get you to learn them and then using them in in, in combat uh, again, I'm playing it on very hard, and it is very fucking hard. Um, but it's it's it's, it's incredible, and 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 the the characters are awesome, and the mm -hmm. music's awesome. I think most of why I like it is because the 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 music is is like it's all punk. It's like, yeah, it's good music. Um, so it's 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 so far the best game of the year. It's only January, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we've gotten there so That's far. That's good. I definitely would like to try I it. I even played it on uh, Game Pass streaming on my Steam Deck. Yeah. And it was good streaming on the Steam Deck. Wow. Too. Yeah. So uh, other people are telling me that uh, their internet, it's not that good. But yeah. mine was fun. Everything played fun. I am curious to play it because it is, it's from Tango Game Works. Yeah. And is executive produced by Shinji Mikami. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tango Gameworks has made games like Ghostwire Tokyo and The Evil Within, and Shinji Mikami is responsible for the Resident Evil games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. Yes, they, they, he's, these are horror people. Yes, and they made a fun little little romp here. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very different than anything they would have done, and they launched it the day they announced it yeah. which is also very very strange oh i guess in a way uh because shinji mikami's first few games at capcom when he started at capcom were uh who framed roger rabbit goof troop and the snes aladdin oh so he has history with like games like this interesting but then right after he made uh snes aladdin his next game was resident evil one okay <laughs> just went from there this game has a lot of references to other stuff. Like there's a uh, robot that's dressed like the Evil Within guy, mm -hmm. and uh, Vandalay Industries is fucking Seinfeld. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. th there's a lot of wacky stuff going. That on. is awesome. Yeah, and the so. dialogue is you know like corny and like and, and like played up funny, yeah. like you know. And I, a, lot, a lot of people are complaining, uh, are comparing the dialogue in this to the dialogue in Forspoken, mm -hmm. which doesn't make any sense because here it's you could it, the whole tone of the whole game is over the top silly yeah. 
and Forspoken is trying not. to be serious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or it it's it's it gets the vibe wrong. Yeah. You know, this doesn't. This yeah. sets the vibe and and doesn't change it. Doesn't Got move it. it yeah. You know. I think the big deal with this game though was the fact it was supposed to be a surprise. It was like this is a new game we're announcing, and it's available now. Go get it. Like yeah. that was that was a big deal because you don't really see. You don't really see anybody in the games industry do that. Yeah. Like, they, they don't just say, like, oh, this is a new game. It's out now. Like, and it's very dangerous to do that. It's very dangerous There's a reason it. why there's, there's months-long marketing campaigns. I remember... The only time I can, like, actually remember this is... There was an e, it was an E3 many years ago, and Sony announced this game. It was... I don't remember the name of it, but it was about, like, two doves, like, flying. And you, like, <laughs> you could, like, circle around it. It was, like, during Sony's, like, weird indie phase with, like, the, the Unfinished Swan and Journey and, yeah. like, all that. So that was, like, going to be, like, the next one of that. And it's, like, this game is available right now. And all the reviews are, like, game sucks. <laughs> so, like, you got to be fucking confident. So, so I think I read today that part of the decision they... That made them decide to drop it like that was yeah. that uh it was a big hit internally at bethesda like a lot okay. of people at bethesda really liked it so they knew it was going to be a great game so yeah. they decided you know that's fuck good it. yeah also it's only 30 dollars. yeah uh it's an xbox exclusive but it's also on pc yeah and it's on steam you could just straight up buy it on steam so uh, you could play it on your steam deck yeah if you pay 30 dollars. but i didn't want to do that because i have game pass <laughs> so i streamed it and it runs fine Anyway, uh, I want to mention that people in the chat are saying that Minecraft has added a whole biome every year. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I guess an environment. I, it sounds like an environment, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, The Elder Scrolls Online Necrom launching in June. Zenimax Online Studios reveal. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. More this Elder is, Scrolls this shit. Is, this is... An expansion to the Elder Scrolls Online. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Get the Redfall. Redfall. Yay. Big deal. Launching May second. Arcane Austin pulled back the cloak on Redfall with a new extended gameplay showcasing the open world, the wicked vampires, including a sneak peek at a mighty vampire god, uh, player customization, uh, psychic vampire nests, and much more. And the best part, Arcane's story-driven first-person shooter hits on May 2nd, bringing the single and multiplayer of vampire hunting to the bloody streets of Redfall, Massachusetts. Arcane also announced the game's vicious pre-order bonus and the upgraded Bite Back edition, which adds a hero pass for future additions to your vampire-slaying roster, outfits, weapons, and more. It will be available through Game Pass for Xbox Series X and S and PC. Uh, more details go to Bethesda.net it's a it's a left for dead style game where yes. it's for uh it's player versus environment it's for it's a four player co-op game yeah. it's you against zombie uh vampires this time yeah instead of zombies it's vampires yeah uh this would be a really cool idea yeah but there's been so many left for dead style games lately. yeah and like it's weird because like Every single Left 4 Dead style game that comes out, like, just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, nothing has... Even uh, Turtle Rock, they're, who made Left 4 Dead, like, they can't even recapture the magic of, like, the first two Left 4 Dead the, games. The, the, the problem is that Left 4 Dead came out, and you had, like, you know, Xbox Live and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. and that's... The, 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 the infancy 
of playing online with your friends is what made that game really good. I don't know. I don't necessarily think it was that because that was back at a time where you couldn't play cross-platform. Right. I feel like now the fact that you can play cross-platform with people, like th this genre should be bigger than ever. Well, the problem is there's too many other options. This isn't unique there's, or interesting. Four of your teammates there's doing horde many, mode for, there's, for three hours. There's a lot of other options, but people are still just playing Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Like that game, yeah, a good point. especially Left 4 Dead 2, like that game, like just hasn't been beat. Hmm. Like that's for that style of game. The part. only other thing, now that I'm thinking about it, the only other thing that is even anywhere close is Call of Duty Zombies. And people are just going to play that. Well, I would argue the, the thing that came the closest was Friday the 13th. <laughs> Because yeah. it's a four-player co-op. Well, it's asymmetrical. It's, well, okay, so it's a five-player multiplayer game. It's a four-player co-op, and somebody is, just happens to be playing Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that thrill of like trying to escape a horde, but the horde is just one guy who's OP as fuck. Well, that's the thing is that you can't just say this is Left for Dead and we're doing it. We're doing Left for Dead. I will they say they have to do something different. I, I will say to the to Arcane's credit in this uh, in this video, they really tried to showcase what made their game unique, mm -hmm. like through the customization options, the different types of vampires you're going to be slaying, the fact that it has a story-driven single-player campaign, which a lot of these games don't. They're literally just plop you in an arena and good luck. Okay, that's so, that's a that's good. I think I think they're trying their best to show like just what makes Redfall specifically unique because. This doesn't just have to stand out in a sea of Left 4 Dead alikes. This has to stand out for Microsoft and Xbox because they need exclusives. Right. And this is like probably their big first half of the year AAA exclusive. Yeah. So like they need to sell this. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be as big as anything else Arcane has made, to be honest. Yeah. I think this might be the... the I don't want to say a failure. I think it's going to do okay, but as in terms of everything else Arcane has made, I don't think this is going to be as big as anything else. Yeah, I think um I mean, I think limiting it to Xbox and uh PC might hurt. I think it yeah. being on PlayStation or even Switch would do wonders for it. I mean, PC's fine cuz Yeah. Know, that's I'm sure like once people. it goes on PC like that that could do a lot for it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. I just, I would love to give this game a shot. I think it's like from what I saw, it looks cool, like cool enough, especially because they got a dedicated single player campaign. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and Arcane's been good with that. Yeah, Arcane and Arcane's done like great games. The Dishonor games are really good. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's it for the Xbox developer direct. Yes, I'm a little uh, disappointed that direct didn't mean Nintendo. Yeah. Like I thought I thought we would, I thought there was going to be a weird wacky something yeah. was going to happen. Uh they did mention that there will be um more there were uh more things like this later like uh Starfield is going to get its own standalone okay. show. Um I think they said the next one is going to be uh at the Summer Not E3 showcase. Okay. That makes sense. Um Flow in the chat says, have they talked about the free monthly games yet? I'm assuming we that, that it's not a thing. 
Xboxes is Sony. I don't think they released theirs yet. Okay, so we're not talking no. about that yet. Probably, get Hi-Fi Rush. There's free. yes. Well, it's on Game. It's Pass. on Game Pass. Yeah. I'll 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 just say this: the the Xbox games another skippable month. <laughs> yeah, I I could imagine. Um, I'm assuming we're, we're all speculating that Nintendo will have an announcement sometime uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah. yeah. I saw something that was like breaking nintendo will have a direct this year was a joke. <laughs> that was yeah. a cheap ass game yeah. i think that, that. Um, but uh nintendo did announce last week oh yeah uh we did get a free game why oh, wasn't this in the developer direct because this was kind of important because it's also for xbox i feel like i feel like nintendo is kind of taking the lead on this mm-hmm. like they yeah. do all the announcements first and then microsoft swoops in and is like hey guess what yeah no they absolutely have yeah uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye's back, baby! It's back. It's Party on like Switch. It's 1996. And surprise, there's a widescreen mode. Yes. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Yes. Uh, me neither. Like yeah. that's like the only thing they like they like tweaked about this version. So supposedly, Modern Vintage Gamer said that there is a widescreen mode in the game already. You just have to like kind of unlock it. Yeah. Well, no, it is in the game already, but you have to like there's like two different settings you have to tweak in order for it to work because you got to like uh just make the character skinny first and then you gotta like set the widescreen mode and stuff it's it's not as easy as it is in the current version right 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 and i think on the xbox it's just widescreen by default uh i don't know i haven't tried yeah. it yeah, but tried. also you we knew this already though you can't uh there's no multiplayer there's no online multiplayer on the xbox version correct also uh the xbox version has modern controller configuration yes the uh Nintendo version does not. No. You need to remap things using the Nintendo uh, system settings. You'll, it's, for every, every guide I've seen says, first you have to switch the in-game controls, so in the actual yes. game of GoldenEye, to the second controller option. I was going to say, uh, I was confused because I know that GoldenEye has one of the axis on the thumbs, you got two thumbsticks? Yeah. One of the axes is on the wrong thumbstick. Yeah. So that wouldn't work in the Nintendo Switch controller configuration. Yeah. So switching to a different controller layout in the game makes sense. Yeah. And then what do you do? And then you take that. And, and then you take that and then you go back out into the system settings. Right. And uh, futz with the controls on a system level. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. I have been playing Perfect Dark on... I haven't played it in a while, but mm-hmm. I play it on the Retroid Pocket. Yeah. I don't modernize the controls at all. I play it the way God intended you to play it. <laughs> yeah. Because I've fucking played that game before. Yeah. It's weird, but you, my brain adjusts because I grew up right. with it, you know? Yeah. Having to shoot with the left finger instead of the right So finger. that actually trips me up. Okay. Actually. I, I got used to movement because I remember in Goldeneye, you don't, you move like it's a platformer. You don't move like it's a first-person shooter with twin sticks. All your movement's done with the analog stick. Right. That it, that I was able to wrap my head around. On Switch, it took me. I took forever to wrap my head around firing with the left yeah. finger because the right finger activates the menu. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. That that trips me up. I even. Wait. I, why does the right finger? It should. It should. I brought. Aim. I brought this to. Oh. I I brought this to demonstrate because I was using this. This is the uh, Retro Fighters Brawler sixty four for okay. Switch. Uh, this is the way to play it. Let me yes. just say right there. Yes. So, uh, so 
on a Nintendo 64, it had three shoulder buttons, L, yeah. R, and Z. L and R were aim, and Z was fire. Yes. On a Switch, or on this, you have four shoulder buttons. Right. L and R, and Z, L, and Z, R. Yeah. So L and R still aim, but only one of the Z buttons fires. That is dumb. Both... Okay, now I'm re-remembering. Yeah. I... I don't think I'm shooting with my left hand on the retroid pocket. I yeah. think I have both the Z, L, and ZRs as shoot. Exactly. Yes. yes. That's if, how it should if be. If this was with an actual Nintendo 64, then both Z buttons would just be double mapped. They'd be two Z buttons. They'd be two Z buttons. The, the triggers yeah. would both be Z yeah. buttons. Not on the Switch, because the Switch has four shoulder buttons, as does this. So, so, so pressing a ZR... Brings up... Um, the, the, the the watch no it brings up the the menu where you can like load your save states why that one yeah because that's what it's defaulted to for all the other no games. i thought it was a combination of things i thought no. you had to do like both triggers at once at least something. in the n64 app um zr launches the the n64 that is app menu so dumb. yeah and what makes it even uh worse is that we've seen this. They've done custom control layouts for different games. Yeah. Sin and Punishment has its own custom control layout on the, uh, for the Switch um, default controls mm -hmm. than all the other games do. So I don't understand why Nintendo didn't implement a custom control scheme for Goldeneye. Yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't have been that difficult to remap the Z buttons. Yeah. I, just I, one time. Originally, I was tell, I was going to tell everybody to suck it up. Like, just play it the way, it, you know, it's got weird controls. There's, it's always going to have weird controls. You know, yeah. it's a, it's an old game. Yeah. But that is very stupid. It, both of, it's a Z button. They should both do with the Z button. I know. I know. Well, it is a, it is a, N64 games in general, there's a lot you got to work through in order to play them. Yeah. Like it's even if like you have proper emulation, like there's a lot you got to go through in order to play them properly. It's very difficult to play N64 games not using an N64 controller. Yeah, and I feel like Nintendo could have alleviated a lot of that if they just put a modicum of effort into it. Yeah, and it and what really bothers me is I was I was reading something online. They did modify the game slightly. They modified it in that. On the original game code for the N the N64 version, there's uh, files for pictures of other James Bond actors. Yes. yes. So, because originally they were going to use Sean Connery's face, Timothy Dalton's face, Roger Moore's face, in addition to Pierce Brosnan, and then they took that they took that out at the last minute, but they left the code in there. The Switch version, that code is removed. Yeah. So they did modify the game to take out Sean Connery and Roger Moore and all of them, but not to fix the controls. Yeah, but that's even fixing the controls is something that is even easier. Yeah, because you don't have to change the ROM at all. You're you're changing a setting. Yeah. In the Nintendo Switch Online uh, app. Yeah. And it shouldn't even you shouldn't even have to do that. There should be controller configurations yeah. in the fucking app. The app should just have options, mm -hmm. and it doesn't, and it's very annoying. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. but I have, I have played it. Mm -hmm. I, I played a little bit of it. I played the first three levels. Uh, game's still great. 
It's still very good. Definitely get yourself a proper controller to play it. It sucks, but that's, that's the way you got to play Goldeneye. That's the way you got to play Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, I have yet to play it. Uh, I want to try the online and stuff. I saw a lot of people nitpicking a lot of stuff, like the audio's tinny and like, oh, <laughs> like this shit. Like... Or or people saying that they could have easily uh, uh, made it, they could have easily modified it so the frame rate's better and stuff like that. The game has always had a garbage frame rate. Yeah. That is the way it was intended to be played. You gotta play it like that. <laughs> Too bad. I would like to try the xbox version mm-hmm. i haven't got i haven't gotten into it because a i don't have game pass and b i'm i'm an asshole and got rare replay on disc like an idiot <laughs> so can't play like that that is very stupid uh, i rare actually res- responded to this they said due yeah. to complicated licensing agreements we could only offer this game digitally yeah so it's got to be some deal between dan jack who owned the bond license who might actually own the game if i'm reading the credits right um dan jack nintendo and microsoft were like the only way this game would come out is through like a digital release and nintendo probably wanted it to be a part of switch online microsoft probably wanted to release it as a standalone game and they're like no you gotta do it like this right so yeah uh, to my understanding the xbox version is more or less the, the same yeah other than some small things uh, it's like- got widescreen support by default it has modern control schemes that yeah uh it doesn't have online it and doesn't have online i think it can upscale to 4k it's just you yeah know, it's the shitty, and, and it has achievements it just has the shitty textures yeah. you know like that's not gonna upscale. yeah and i think what's really what's really got people disappointed is that you know the the golden eye remake that rare did mm-hmm. and couldn't release for whatever reason then it got leaked a couple years ago because that game is the the leaked version is fully playable yeah I think it says it's like 98% done and it looks fantastic. This is not that. Yeah, this is clearly not. This is, no, I think, just is, an emulated version of the N64 game. It's literally the ROM. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. So we're, that we're never going to see that other version. Not in an official capacity, at yeah. least. But I, I hope this means we'll be seeing Perfect Dark on Switch Online. Yeah. Although, I think we will. I, I think there's a great way to play that on Xbox. There is. So, yeah. With updated controls. Yeah. The perfect the Xbox 360 remake of Perfect Dark is fantastic. <sighs> anyway. Uh, stop linking YouTube videos in the chat. I can't watch a fucking YouTube video. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, Jake Cannon, next with 22 months. I tweeted you the control profile I discovered that makes it modern controls. Okay. That'll look at it because it's a tweet. Is it the one where it's... Um... It's two controls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have a video where I talk about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then how do you do that? Oh, use two controllers at once with this profile, then place player. T- yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. But then you got to use two, you have to use two uh, N64 controllers. I've seen people do it with Joy-Cons. Like, they, you okay. literally have to, like, switch the Joy-Con. You have to put the left Joy-Con in your right hand and vice versa. Well, you have to... If you're going to do it that way, you need four Joy-Con. Yes. Oh, no. What they do is, instead of... Sw- and first, they switch it over to Control Scheme 1.2. Yeah. And then instead of switching, uh, fixing it on a system level... Oh, then, then they... they okay. Yeah, and that's what they do. Then they swap it. Okay, yeah. that makes they sense. They said it's not uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody just said, are they gay or just gamers? Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Get 
get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, we're all of it. Yeah. We're whatever you want us we're to be. We're whatever you want, dude. Uh, anyway, where are we? Uh, Naughty Dog might not make The Last of Us 3. Oh, shit. And they are done with Uncharted. I hope uh, Nintendo makes this one. <laughs> the Last of Us was released in 2013 ahead of a sequel in 2020 and a 2022 remake. The series is among the best-selling video games of all time, with a recent HBO adaptation starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey has introduced more people to Naughty Dog's world. Pause. I was right. My in-laws are watching the show, and I have a lot of explaining to do. Oh, God. Have you seen anything? I have not, still. I've heard this last episode was, like, the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I am behind. I'm I will behind. I will say, uh, cause, not to give anything away, but it was about uh, uh, Bill. Bill, Nick Offerman's character. Yeah. It shows his husband, who's played by Murray Bennett. Yeah. I've seen Murray Bennett play tragic gay figures in white lotus and welcome to chippendales so oh. i don't need to see him play the same character again i is can't he gay I, yeah i can't lose murray okay. bennett for a third time because nick offerman is not is not yeah <laughs> anyway uh in a new interview neil Druckmann, who has also involved in a tv show uh has said that naughty dog are under no obligation to create a part three I know there's a bunch of people wondering about The Last of Us Part 3. Wait, Mr. Mr. Curbs-esque says, born to be gay and die. <laughs> Again, it's like three shows. <laughs> it's three shows where he plays a tragic gay figure. <laughs> that's that's typecasting. That's the worst yeah. kind of typecasting. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I guess somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's, uh, sorry, man. We yeah. got to... Have you be gay and yeah, die in this one? That, that's all. Ah, damn it! Why can't I just be anything else? That, I, there's a there's a TV tropes. Bury your gays. It's all about how gay people are the first to die, <laughs> and Murray Bennett has cornered the market on it. Anywho, Neil Druckmann said, "I know there's a bunch of people wondering about The Last of Us Part Three and whether that will be a thing or not. All I can say is, at Naughty Dog, we are very, very privileged that our publisher Sony has supported us every step of the way to our follow our passions." He told BuzzFeed. He went on to explain that this meant that just because something is successful, people think there's all this pressure and we have to make a sequel. That is not the case. Uh, Druckmann explained that despite the Uncharted series being insanely uh, successful, Naughty Dog has been able to put our final brushstroke on that story and said that we are done with Uncharted 4. We are moving on. Likewise, with The Last of Us, it's up to us whether we want to continue it or not. If we come... If we can come up with a compelling story that has this universal message and statement about love, just like the first two games did, um, then we will tell that story. If we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with the part two, and that will be the end. Naughty Dog is currently working on a standalone multiplayer game set in the Last of Us universe. Okay, well, they are. So then they are making The Last of Us. Uh, but they're not making The Last of Us part three. Right. It's just a multiplayer. I honestly... Game. I... I I think they will do another Last of Us movie. I mean, another Last of Us game, but maybe it won't be Joel and Ellie. They'll give those up and have new characters or something. Maybe, yeah. I, that would probably be the way to go because yeah. I feel like you know, there's there's no redeeming Ellie. You yeah. know, there's really nothing more you can do with her. Yeah. It's just, she's destined to live out her life miserable and alone. I, uh, and the problem is because... It's already pretty much been confirmed that season two of the Last of Us TV show is going to be based on the Last of Us Part Two, the game. Yeah. 
I don't. I mean, like, it took them seven years to make The Last of Us Part Two. They can't take another seven years to make The Last of Us Part Three if that's going to be season three of the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if they're going to do part two for season two. I I think that uh, I think that they could drag out the first game between two seasons. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that yeah. they might go that route. But it's really interesting because, like, uh, I've only seen the first episode, but mm-hmm. like, you know, you get like in the game while you're playing it, you get a chunk of story and then you play yeah and you get a chunk of story and then you play but in this it's all story so they're storying the playing parts right so there is more they are dragging it out really yeah um they don't have to do it that way they could slam it all together yeah. but uh, i don't mind it it's just, i mean the first episode was great i have to watch the, the next two maybe maybe i'll watch one of them they're too yeah. fucking long these i think they're episodes well i think they're now like now they all the episodes are an hour mm-hmm. but allegedly episode three had a two-hour director's cut that was even sadder <laughs> <laughs> killed his dog yeah his cat. <laughs> uh anyway anyway so the, the takeaway was that they're done with uncharted naughty dog is done with uncharted right and they don't necessarily think they're gonna do the last of us part three which is, a, which is a pretty big deal because, you know, the way the industry works, successful things lead to sequels. But are they done with Uncharted? They might not be. <laughs> a new ad for the PlayStation 5 was uploaded to the official PlayStation YouTube channel that may hint at a new adventure in the Uncharted franchise, one with the younger, new younger Drake as the protagonist. Oh, God. The Alive from PS5 ad shows live action versions of multiple games in the PS5 library in a local news format. We see glimpses of Spider-Man, Aloy from Horizon, Kratos and Atreus from God of War, and more. However, among the rapid-fire scenes shown towards the end of the video, a young girl is shown holding a torch in a dark cave with a shiny object on a pedestal in front of her. Eagle-eyed Twitter users immediately picked up on the scene, which led to speculation that a new Uncharted game starring Nathan and Elena's daughter Cassie is in development. Sony has not officially commented on the rumor as of this writing. This new sequel, if it does exist, will likely not be developed by Naughty Dog, with studio head Neil Druckmann saying the team was done with the franchise. However, Druckmann has also stated that he will be open to another team taking on the reins as long as they get the essence of it right. Interesting. This would not be the first time Sony has teased uh, an upcoming release in this manner. Uh, VGC points out a symbol familiar with Resident Evil 4 fans appeared in a PlayStation ad in 2021, nine full months before the Resident Evil 4 remake was revealed in a PlayStation State of Play presentation. Naughty Dog is currently busy regardless uh, with uh, if it's involved in... Naughty Dog is ter- certainly busy regardless of its involvement in a new la- uh, Uncharted game as it's hard at work at a multiplayer version of The Last of Us and the TV show, blah, 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 blah. It is possible that maybe this was supposed to be announced and it wasn't and they just put it in anyway. Yeah. But I think it's just a random, stupid, <sighs> like, sh- like shallow, like, connection to... Like, a, like, like- a, just a generic... Uh, f- adventure type game yeah because like i mean every other game that they show is another game right but the characters aren't the same like there's it's 
they, they didn't nail the characters in all of them. It's just it just seems like obscure, like obscurely. Maybe this is part of the game, you know? Right. Um. Yeah. Look, I don't want to say whether or not it's definitively like Uncharted Five or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like you look at like all the stuff there they showed in that in this uh live on from ps5 whatever it's very clearly like playstation 5 games yeah that they're showcasing spider-man god of war uh horizon gran turismo gran turismo returnal even and you know it's very clearly a big shot of a girl with a torch walking towards an idol indiana jones style so there's a destiny one yeah like signs point to something uncharted related Mm. i think maybe why can't it be tomb raider well, because Tomb Raider is now owned by Amazon. <laughs> oh, PlayStation bought Bungie. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's very, you know, signs signs are pointing that direction. It would make sense if they did Uncharted 5 and it would be Cassie Drake taking over because Nathan's clearly retired at the end. Although... Is that Final mm-hmm. Fantasy? Is it? Or is that... What is the chat? What is that? Is that Final Fantasy or is that Yakuza? No, that's not Yakuza. Yeah, Stray is even in this stupid thing. Stray is in the stupid thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised. Sony Bend has made an Uncharted thing. They made Golden Abyss for the PlayStation Vita. So they have experience making Uncharted games. And I don't think it's above Sony to like take some of uh, franchise they own and give it to another studio. This is Final Fantasy 16, which I think was an exclusive, right? Yes, it's, it's going to be exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. they're all exclusives. Okay, it's yeah. it's fucking Uncharted then. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. There you go. We're, we're getting a new game for PlayStation with a woman holding a torch. Yeah. In a cave. Sounds fun. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, I was moving stories around. That's what you I was were. doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Xbox now. Okay. And, uh, three, four, th- there's some weird shit going on. It's a lot going on. If things are changing at Halo developer 343 Industries following massive layoffs across Microsoft, including reportedly 95 people at the Halo developer. The studio is switching to Unreal Engine and has no plans to make more story content for Halo Infinite and continues to try to figure out what to do with the supposed Halo Battle Royale spinoff still in development. In a report out from Bloomberg today, it appears that 343 is basically starting from scratch with Halo. According to people familiar with the studio's plans, the company isn't actively working on new campaign DLC or updates for Halo Infinite. Instead, before layoffs, the developers at 343 were reportedly working on prototypes for new Halo games and projects in Unreal instead of designing new content for Infinite. And according to the report, many of those devs have since been laid off. It's also reported that the studio has, after nearly a decade of debate, decided to finally switch to Unreal. While there are internal concerns about the future of Halo projects made with Unreal, uh, made... While there there are internal concerns about how future Halo projects made with Unreal will play, miss one word, and it screws you (laughs) up. The current tech, known as Slipstream, is apparently a pain to work with and is based on decades-old code at this point. 
Bloomberg's report even mentions that two multiplayer modes for Halo Infinite Extraction and Assault are nearly done, but have been but haven't been implemented yet due to issues with the aging slipstream tools and tech. Uh, the Switch to Unreal will apparently start with a brand new Halo game internally codenamed uh, Tanaka. Nailed it. Tatanka. 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 I said I nailed it. Reportedly, this game is being developed by both 343 and Texas-based studio Certain Affinity, a team that has a long history working on previous Halo projects. It seems that Tatanka started out as a battle royale but could evolve into something different. Halo Infinite was supposed to be a big 10-year game for Xbox and 343, and while it launched to rave reviews, it has since become a punching bag for Halo fans who find its updates lacking and its roadmap too sparse. Now it seems like those long-term plans focused around Halo Infinite aren't quite the future anymore. In an email obtained by Bloomberg, it was reportedly sent uh, to staff by new 343 studio head Pierre Hintz. Um, The current plan for Halo for the Halo Studios to support a robust live offering for Halo Infinite and its Forge mode, while also greenlighting our new tr- uh, tech stack for future Halo projects. This greatly confused me because Spawn Wave tweeted about it and said Halo Infinite going to Unreal Engine is a massive shift. So I thought they were remaking Halo Infinite mm. in the Unreal Engine, which does not sound like is no. the case. It sounds more like um, it sounds more like the next the, game yeah. will be Unreal Engine. Yeah, because I mean, to you basically like making an entire new game at that. But point. But they might not be making it because they laid off everybody who was working on. Well, it. they have to be doing something because Microsoft. What else are they fucking doing? Exactly, <laughs> Microsoft literally made three four three Industries just to make Halo games. Yeah. Halo is their prized possession it is the most important game in their library and the past three we talked about this last week the past three three four three games have not lived up to the standards left by bungie there's always been some kind of a problem with each of them you know halo 4 the multiplayer wasn't that great halo 5 the single player was garbage this game despite launching to rave reviews dropped off dramatically Mm. had a terrible roadmap people stopped playing it real quickly and they didn't fix a lot of the things they needed fixing so something is rotten in denmark and they or wherever 343 is and they know this washington probably like they know this they need to fix it so they are doing everything they can to try and fix it kirkland oh no they were found in kirkland now they're in redmond Okay, so probably in the Microsoft campus. Isn't Nintendo also in Redmond? Yes. Anyway. A lot of places are in uh, Washington. So it sounds like these people were prototyping something for the Unreal Engine. Yeah. I I think that they scrapped whatever they were working on Mm -hmm. and they are focusing on finishing halo infinite i don't think what i think i don't think they're focusing on finishing halo infinite anymore i what i got from this was they're gonna try and release those two modes that are done Mm -hmm. but once that's done they're gonna start something brand new using unreal as their engine of choice going forward it might be a better idea i mean people are going to be very disappointed but it might be a better idea to cut their losses and try to make something else Uh, definitely i think that 
Halo launched with a very good like like monetization model like yeah. the, the the way it was just free. Yeah. And then uh, the, the only issue is that the the the, the, the in-game cosmetics that you buy and stuff they were they were shitty. There weren't yeah. really a lot of them. But having such a big game release for free and then also you, the 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 main campaign is on Game Pass for a fucking dollar if you want yeah if they do that shit again but the game's good it'll be a huge deal so it might be better for them to just cut their losses and 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 try again yeah i think so i mean because at at this point you know they they can't afford another like they can't even afford another good halo game they need like a halo one level success they need a halo two levels they need a halo three level success Mm -hmm. You know, they just need to raise the bar like what Bungie did back in the day. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe, like, it's their fault. Maybe they should have realized that they can't do that yeah. all the time. That they need to rethink the way they do Halo. I understand why they wouldn't want to do it in the same engine. It sounds like that's what made things slow and very hard to do. It's it's yeah. not like the engine was broken in any way. Like, like the game is not broken. The right. game runs very well. It's right. very well optimized. It's just probably just really slow to get it to Yeah, well, point. they said it's, you know, it's probably similar tech to what the first Halo game started on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like 20 years at this point. You need to update every now and yeah. then in order to, like, work efficiently. So, I guess that's why they would want to yeah. bring it over to Unreal so that it's just easier to to do the things they want to yeah. do. Okay. Uh, original Swift says uh switching to unreal engine means they only have to focus on making the game easier to source work for and dedicate teams to on rotation that's another thing too you know that's a big reason why people like just license unreal and other like unity and engines like that so they don't have to do 90 percent of the work yeah. that requires yeah. you know they can just focus on making the game and unreal is like you know every game runs in unreal it's like a very robust engine you can make pretty much any kind of game you want to in it yeah yeah uh more xbox news yes uh xbox series x and s price increase announced for japan microsoft has announced a 5,000 yen price increase for the manufacturer's suggested retail price of the xbox series x and s in japan uh which will go into effect on february 17th so if you live in japan Start now. (laughs) Uh, The Xbox Series X will increase from its suggested retail price of 54,978 yen to 59,978 yen. And the Series S will increase from 32,278 yen to 37,978 yen. Uh, In a statement, Microsoft Japan said, after carefully evaluating the marketing conditions in Japan, we have decided to change the suggested retail price of the Xbox consoles in the country. We regularly evaluate the impact of local pricing to maintain a reasonable consistency across regions. This price revision affects our customers and has a difficult, this was a difficult decision to make, but going forward, we will continue to provide the ultimate Xbox experience that our customers expect. That is still cheaper than it is here. Really? Yeah. So the new one, fifty-nine. So for the Xbox Series X, fifty-nine thousand nine hundred and seventy-eight yen. Yeah. Roughly sixty thousand yen. Yeah. Is four hundred and sixty-one dollars. Wow. That's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, LJWVU says yes. Bob, consoles are cheaper in Japan. I didn't know. 
Man, when I went to Japan, everything was fucking the same. Yeah. Everything was exactly the same. Uh, and even the Series S, 73,978 yen, $292. Yeah. So still slightly cheaper. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you can get a Series S for pretty damn cheap, right? Yeah. Uh, apparently the yen is down. No. Oh. But also, uh, yeah, that Xbox isn't doing good in, in, uh, in Japan. They never do good in Japan. Well, I heard the Series S was actually doing well in Japan. Which would make sense because that's like the perfect Japanese console. Right. Uh, the so perfect console for Japanese homes, I should say. I'd imagine that this isn't going to help them at all. But, no. But, I mean, they still had it pretty good for I a mean, long time. I mean, but Sony also raised the price in Japan. Good point. So, good point. I feel like that's just par for the course at this point. I'm sure when Nintendo comes out with their next system, it's going to have a price increase I'm sure well. Nintendo is just going to stop releasing nintendo switches and just only release nintendo switch oleds and that will be their price increase yeah i think now is the perfect time for microsoft to make a handheld i don't think they would do that i think think, now is the time i think they're too focused on xbox and (laughs) pc game pass and things like that uh i don't i think if anything they will license out game pass like they did with logitech yeah and do things like that. That's the problem with the Logitech thing, though, is that the reason that the Logitech G Cloud was so expensive is because they uh, they they don't have a subscription service that they can make their money back with. Right. You know, like all of these console manufacturers can release at a loss, could sell it at a loss, and then make the money back with games. Logitech yeah. can't do that; they have to sell it at a profit. Microsoft could make a Steam Deck like thing mm. and make their money back with fucking Game Pass. Yeah, because Game I was playing Hi-Fi Rush. Right. On, I started on my Series S. Mm-hmm. Then I, I then I I downloaded it with my save file on my Series X. Never touched it because I was that's what I have plugged into my right. TV. Then I played it on PC. I downloaded it and 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 got my save file on PC. Mm-hmm. And I played with the with the new DualSense controller, the okay. DualSense yeah, yeah. Edge. Then I streamed it on game pass on onto my onto my uh uh the fucking uh steam deck right four different devices mm-hmm. didn't even have a thought all i did was go to game pass and hit download and it just did right. i even look at my it doesn't even let you look at your save file i just it was just there yeah and it worked and i bounced between all of these things seamlessly right so that's why i think it would behoove them <laughs> to have something you got you got uh these like windows tablets that are like a pain in the ass like it's it's good to it's fine streaming to the steam deck but if there's some that could play it natively and it's a game pass machine that would be sick i think it would they would need to do something where you can download the game to the internal storage of the system itself to play it on because yeah yeah we're getting there but cloud gaming mobile still is difficult because if you want to leave the house you need internet connection. Literally only Microsoft can do that. Because, right. I mean, you have Aya, who makes the Aya Neo. Yeah. Or I think they're called Aya Neo. Um, their thing is like thousands of dollars yeah. for, for a mini computer. Steam's able to get away with it because they're the storefront. You know? Yeah. Microsoft can make a deal with Steam, but like, why would they? Microsoft's the only person who can make one that will allow you to download games from Game Pass. Right. And that would be... 
the the perfect little thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh let's talk about the Tomb Raider show. Yes. Uh this this could be a big one. Because Phoebe Waller Bridges is getting into the action at Amazon. The Emmy Award winning Fleabag grad is re- uh, writing a TV series based on the popular video game turned action movie Tomb Raider. The project, which is in development stages, is the latest in, uh, to stem from Phoebe Waller Bridges' recent renewal overall deal with the giant uh, retail giant and streamer. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Waller Bridges is attached to write the scripts for Tomb Raider. Waller Bridges does not plan to star in the TV adaptation of the property, which spawned a 2001 and 2018 film adaptations starring Angelina Jolie and Alicia Vikander, respectively, as the adventurous archaeologist Laura Croft, um, who has been voiced in the video games by Camilla Ludington, Keely Hawes, and Minnie Driver in a slew of video game titles. Um, Haley Atwell also brought the character's life in a Netflix animated series. In addition to writing, Waller Bridges will executive produce the Amazon take alongside former head of comedy and drama Ryan Andalani and the former head of overall deals Amanda Greenblatt. Uh, Andalani and Greenblatt launched their own production company and have a deal with Amazon. Dimitri M. Johnson will also executive produce via his DJ2 company. Uh, So this is a big deal because Phoebe Waller Bridges... Um, is the Emmy Award-winning creator of the show Fleabag, which is a fantastic show. It is a critically acclaimed darling. It's one of many people's best shows of the past decade. Um, it streamed on Amazon, and now Amazon said, hey, we want you to do that again, but we have this Tomb Raider game that we're trying to make, because now we own Tomb Raider, kind of, sort of, it's weird. Um, <laughs> will you make a TV show for us? And of all the things Phoebe Waller-Bridges could have done, she said, Yes. <laughs> Ah, uh, so okay so this is for amazon this is for amazon okay so amazon in some weird way is making the next tomb raider game they are publishing it they are producing it they are funding it so amazon's I, i've said this before on this show amazon of all the big tech companies who are trying and failing to get into video games they are trying the hardest and I think them having access to Tomb Raider, one of the biggest franchises in all the video games, um, is their way of saying, we're fucking serious about this. So not only are they making a game, but they're going to make a TV show with one of their top talent writing and producing it. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to sit here, talk about things. Phoebe Waller-Bridges, for those of you who don't know, she was the robot in Solo, Star Wars Story. That was her. She's going to be in the new Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Will that be good? I sure hope so. There hasn't been a good Indiana Jones movie since 1989. Actually, there hasn't been an Indiana Jones movie since 1989. There was this fever dream I had where him and Shia LaBeouf were fighting aliens or what the fuck. But I'm pretty sure I was just really high on drugs at that point. Um, thank you for coming to Will Wolf's Indiana Jones vamp where I sit here and I just talk about Indiana Jones while Bob tries to fix the internet. I seem to have internet connection. I think it's just a streaming issue. Uh, anyway, uh, what I want to know is in the lead up to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I am shockingly looking you forward to. I, I, I I'm getting like, oh wait, connecting to chat. Hold on well, now, a second. Now I, I just unplugged and plugged back in the router, so. Okay. Uh, no, 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 I don't have nothing. Um, so I'll just keep talking about Indiana Jones. Are they going to release 
the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles in a way that is easy for me to access. Because I think you can buy them on Amazon Prime, but they're all out of order. And they're all chopped up versions of it because they don't have any of like the the intro uh, with 93-year-old Indiana Jones is not played by Harrison Ford. So maybe that's why they're not going to include it. Um, also, why aren't those on Disney Plus? Just put them there. Uh, I don't think Paramount owns those. I think Lucasfilm straight up owns those. So you can just do that. I'm sure people would love to see Young Indiana Jones. And also, too, my wife's a history teacher. She can use those in class because they were designed to be educational. So do that for me, Disney. Um, also, Microsoft, um, one of these developer directs, are you going to show that Indiana Jones game that Bethesda's working on? Because I was sure as shit want to see that. I've been trying to find the perfect Indiana Jones game and some games come close, but none have come close enough to what I'm looking for. Um, also, while I'm at it, I can keep going. Marvel, um, Indiana Jones comic books. Make them. Make it an ongoing series. You have a million Star Wars books. Half of them are good. Um, one Indiana Jones title. One ongoing. Or if you want to do like a mini series every six months, do that. Get like your top talent to just do mini series every few months. But if you're going to do that, please make sure you re-release all the Dark Horse comics that came out because I'm missing some and I really would like to read them. Also, Steve Ditko, co-creator of Spider-Man, did a lot of Indiana Jones comics for Marvel in the 80s. Put those out. Bob has a, a print of... A print? A print, not a print. An original artwork of Steve oh. Ditko's Indiana Jones. I paid way too much money for you to call <laughs> I, Dude, I'm trying to fill up as much time as I can here. Um, while we're on the subject of Indiana Jones, Hasbro, your toys look very good. I pre-ordered Indiana Jones. I'm going to pre-order Marion Ravenwood when that comes out. Um, show more of when are we getting Temple of Doom figures? I will, I will pre-order a short round and I will pre-order a battle damage Indiana Jones. I have to set a limit to myself because your toys are fucking expensive at $25 a pop, but, uh, there are a lot that I want to buy. Too bad we're not live so people can ask me more questions about Indiana Jones and how I feel about it. Is Tomb Raider an Indiana Jones knockoff? No, because she doesn't wear a hat. Is Uncharted an Indiana Jones knockoff? Again, no, because he doesn't wear a hat. Although, Tomb Raider 2013 came very close because one of the DLC outfits was Indiana Jones' outfit, but it didn't have a hat, so it doesn't count. Uh... We just don't have internet? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I thought we... Wait, did we get... Hold on. I think I got Google connected. Yeah, I think we're... Yeah, I got internet. Oh, right when I said we didn't. Okay. Are you connected to your phone? Where is my phone? Uh, well, I just... I got it on my computer. Yeah. Yeah, we're connected. Where, where's my internet? Though? I don't know. Oh, wait. Yeah, I have internet. Okay. So, are we back? This is it. Oh. Lame. Okay. Now, okay. Now, okay. Now we're here. Okay. There we go. Hey, we're back. Yay. Yay, there we go. Let me uh 
this again. Okay. Beep, boop, bop. All right. So, sorry for the delay. If you're just joining us, you missed me trying to vamp and fill time for the podcast listeners by talking about Indiana Jones. <laughs> if you want to hear that, then you should check out the audio version over on anchor.fm slash Wolfden Podcast or your preferred podcast service of choice. I have no idea what happened. We just completely lost internet yeah. for like a few minutes. I unplugged and plugged a bunch of things back in. I don't think I was a problem at all. So where did we leave off? Where did this you lose Tomb Raider. us? There's a new Tomb Raider it, show. It's a big deal happening. because Amazon, they're making, they're publishing the new Tomb Raider game. They're going all in with Tomb Raider. So now they're getting one of their top talent, Phoebe Waller-Bridges, to make a Tomb Raider show. And she could make any show she wants for Amazon. And she decided to do this. I think that's very interesting that somebody yes. who's as, as, as prestigious yes. would decide uh, to do a video game yes. show. Uh, maybe she got the bug because she's like I said during my rant she's going to be in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny mm-hmm. and maybe this is a way of saying I want to do more of this shit yeah and have it be a woman because I'm a woman and <laughs> have to be Tomb Raider um, well I hope it's good I me ha- too I mean we shit on video game movies and stuff all the time yes but uh, The Last of Us is the highest rated uh, show on Rotten Tomatoes ever? ever. Yes. So, I mean, I've, something th- to they're it. getting better, mm-hmm. obviously. I think, you know, this could be another step towards them getting better. Right. So. Anyway, Will, you know what? Uh, modders have converted the leapfrog into oh, an emulation boy. machine. Could you believe that? I, I cannot. Believe it now. Okay. Uh, a savvy game enthusiast has successfully hacked the leapfrog console to run RetroArch, <laughs> making it a pretty unique emulation handheld. The enthusiast in question is Bringus. <laughs> We're still here. Yep. <laughs> Bringus Studios. It sounds like something I, a name I would have made up. Yeah. <laughs> Who has been posting miscellaneous gaming content for about a year now? Everything from live gameplay to making his own custom GameCube Mini. The console in question is Leapfrog Leapster GS Explorer handheld, which happens to have just enough power to run both Linux and RetroArch. Okay, interesting. And our book, that is a winning combination for an emulation handheld. It is. <laughs> the Leapster GS Explorer uses a proprietary CPU, the Leapfrog LF2000, ARM9, uh, that is not unlike the processors used in a lot of affordable emulators we already know and love. Even the most recent handheld we have reviewed, the, this is by Retro Dodo, right. uh, the Ambernick RG350XX uses similar tech. Interesting. Hmm. I just used one, and that thing is pretty sick. Uh, If you've got a bit of software know-how and are able to flash a new copy of Linux to the Leapster, you'd you'd also be able to load the Linux port of RetroArch to it. Uh, Bringus Studios is not the first person to modify a Leapfrog handheld to unlock its emulation potential, but it was certainly his video that brought his, this fascinating mod to our attention. As handheld enthusiasts, it is quite common to joke about hacking random devices and turning them into an emulator. Can it play Doom? By the way, the answer is yes. That's Doom what, on Leapster Explorer. That's actually what my question was. 
Whether a leapfrog is necessarily one of the best devices to modify is kind of irrelevant. There is something about mankind that seems anything and everything and want that sees everything and everything and wants to know if you can control it. That's known as God complex. Yes. Oh my God, this article's not done. Conclusions. <laughs> a brand new Leapfrog Leapster GS Explorer is still available for around $140. That's kind of a lot. Yeah. Uh, which makes it an expensive handheld by today's standards. I wouldn't rush out to buy one, but if your sister or child has one laying around, it could make for a fun little project. Shout outs to Bringus Studios. Bringus. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Got any Leapsters laying around? I do not. Damn. I have those uh, Fisher Price Game Boys in the controller. Oh, but those don't even have screens on no. them. No. <laughs> but I've seen people like mod the Fisher Price controller to work with actual video games. So. Oh. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah. I saw. I saw. Uh, I, I. I did. I think somebody played Elden Ring with it. Yeah. Uh. Cool. Yeah. This. This made me want to. Uh, put emulators on the 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 samsung smart fridge mm. who do you know that has a smart those like, wood what ha- yeah what has, wood has i want to go do it now yeah. and make a youtube short out of it how do you how it you- literally has the play store you just download oh you just do that okay and hope that it has bluetooth i'm assuming yeah. it has bluetooth if it has bluetooth then you can just hook up a controller because yeah. it's just android see i'm I'm thinking like it's got to have a USB port somewhere. So you load the file on the USB port on the USB drive and then load it. No, you just get the Play Store. You get the emulators. Yeah. And then I have all my ROMs on Dropbox. So you, just, <laughs> you just log yeah. in Dropbox, download the games, direct them to the right place, and then you're good. Mm-hmm. Bingo, bango. Yeah. Anyway, Cadabra's uh, back, baby. <laughs> Spoon-wielding Pokemon Cadabra will be returning to Pokemon the card game for the first time in over two decades this June following Illusionist, Magician, Spoonbender, and Fraud, Yuri Geller's decision, Fraud is an editorial word by me, uh, decision to drop his long-running lawsuit against the character. Geller first sued Nintendo in November of 2000, claiming the spoon-bearing Cadabra, known as Yurgerer, or Yurgeller in Japan, uh, was an unauthorized appropriation of his identity. Uh, that initial California lawsuit was dismissed in 2003, but additional lawsuits reportedly continued outside of the U.S. and Kadabra has remained absent from Pokemon the trading card game since 2002. Then in 2020, Geller had a change of heart, dropping all remaining legal action and giving Nintendo permission to relaunch the Yuri Geller Kadabra Young uh, Geller worldwide. He also told fans, I'm truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago. I am releasing the ban. It is now all up to Nintendo to bring my Kadabra Pokemon back uh two years on from the announcement cadabra's imminent return to pokemon the training card game after two decades absence has been made official as reported by poke beach thanks to pc gamer um cadabra is making his long-awaited reappearance in june's pokemon card 151 which as the name suggests will feature the original 151 pokemon lineup following the news geller contracted poke beach directly telling the website he was excited to see cadabra return to the card game Look, I want to thank Pokemon fans who reached out to me over the last few years, um, including the ones from Poke Beach, uh, who kept contacting me nonstop. So basically, it, it it was you and my granddaughters that got me to change my mind. Now we can all see Kadabra reunited with the original Pokemon and card games this summer. I love you all, and I admit I totally, uh, totally open and honest. I was a fool. 
it was a devastating mistake for me to sue Pokemon Cadaver was basically wow. a tribute to Yuri Geller and it's back now. Forgive me. I love you all. Much love and energy. That's a very strange change of heart. Yes. From a man who is uh, an egomaniac and a fraud <laughs> and who clearly has a very high opinion of himself. There is a clip on YouTube of this this is how old this guy is he was on the johnny carson show oh my god dad if you're in the chat you know who that is explain johnny carson to him um and because this whole thing was like he could bend spoons with his mind so johnny carson basically said, okay that's a cool trick here's a table of spoons <laughs> that i picked bend them yeah and he just goes no i don't like the energy of any of these spoons i can't bend them <laughs> you picked bad spoons yeah you, you picked bad spoons exactly so well i was gonna say uh what would nintendo be i was trying to think like has nintendo really done anything with cadaver since you know because why is he only focusing on the card game it's probably what he like realized it's probably, he only he probably, knows about the card he game. only knows about the card game probably he probably doesn't know about all the other shit that pokemon you well, know, is, has his hand in so fire red came out uh, in 2004 yes and that has cadaver in it mm -hmm. and that uh maybe they got did they get rid of the spoon i don't think so pokemon fire red cadaver is it cadaver cadaver is the one yeah pokemon fire red cadaver there he's got a spoon yeah he's got a spoon so okay so it's not that also let's go came out yeah since then in what, got 2018 yeah so probably got a spoon in that yeah so i mean they weren't why was he out of the card game I, i'm i'm sure he only yuri geller probably only knew of the card game that's so weird and stupid yeah and also again a very strange change of heart i guess he knew he was gonna lose the fucking lawsuit yeah <laughs> after all this time they're like just give a it lot up. of money wasted. just give it up granddad it's a lot of money wasted for a stupid vendetta yeah. like that. I mean, it was, I mean, with the Japanese name. It was also, scary. Alakazam has two spoons. <laughs> with, with, the, with the Japanese name, it was clearly a, a, an homage to him. But it, yeah. I, can you sue over that? It's, it's not. No, if you change it enough. Yeah, it's an homage. It's yeah. not like copyright infringement. Yeah. Right? No. Well, anyway, PlayStation VR sales expect expectations reportedly halved after disappointing pre-orders. Yes. Oh, hold on. Let me open this. Uh, so uh, this news article made me realize I never pre-ordered mine. So you're part of the problem. Sony has reportedly reduced sales reductions for the launch of the PlayStation VR 2 after receiving fewer pre-orders than expected for the new virtual reality headset. As reported by Bloomberg via The Verge, the Tokyo-based tech giant is allegedly having its quarterly shipment forecast from 2 million units down to 1 million um, in the run-up to the PSVR 2's release on February 22nd. Oh, fuck. That's soon. Yeah. Did not realize it. Yeah. Uh, PSVR 2 pre-orders first went live back in November last year, but many stores continue to take orders without a wait list despite the product's launch date being less than a month away. A stark contrast compared to the launch of the PlayStation 5 or even the MetaQuest 2, which struggled to cope with high consumer demand. In response, GameIndustry.biz reported that Sony has denied Bloomberg's claims that it has cut production numbers for the PSVR 2, saying it's seeing enthusiasm for PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch. Sony did not provide additional details regarding its quarterly sales projections. 
Price and compatibility are reportedly the largest contributors to low pre-order figures. At 549 US dollars, the PSVR 2 seems fairly seems fairly priced for its hardware, especially compared to pricier rivals, uh, pricier rival offerings from uh, Valve Index and the HTC Vive Pro 2. However, these headsets may be viewed as a better investment as they can be used across different devices and systems, such as a PC, while the PSVR 2 is only compatible with Sony's PS5 system. The PSVR 2 will uh, will be no more than the expensive accessory for the PS5, says Damian Thong, an analyst for Marquee Capital in comments acquired by Bloomberg. Um, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. <laughs> Uh, Sony is reportedly expecting around 1.5 million units to ship to consumers between this April and March 2024. Um, meanwhile, IDC estimates that uh, global shipments for AR and VR headsets will increase by 32% to 12.8 million units this year, with the MetaQuest range currently dominating the market with almost 85% share. By contrast, Sony's first-generation PSVR, which sold 2 million units in its first year, currently has less than 1% share of the market. PSVR 2 is releasing as a wider VR industry is seeing a drop in demand. Sales for the MetaQuest 2 headset fell sharply after the price increased by $100 in August last year, and both Meta and Microsoft scaled back VR operations during the company layoffs. Despite the current lackluster demand, the long-term outlook for VR and AR displays still looks promising, with analysts anticipating revenue will reach uh, $7.3 billion by 2027, growing over 50%. I think that $550 is a lot of money. Yes. I <laughs> I think that so I think it was weird for 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 Sony to get back into VR. I think it was it was a little weird. Right. Like, like like the first one was fine and like VR was kind of in its infancy yeah. and it was the cheapest option to get into. Yeah. And this is still a very cheap option. It's not the cheapest anymore. And you're yeah. tethered to your freaking yeah. PlayStation 5 I, and you also still need a PlayStation 5. So it makes it expensive. Yeah. It makes it very expensive. I think I don't think it's weird that Sony is still in the VR game. I think it's weird that they're basically they're literally just doing the PSVR 2. Yeah. They're not really doing like a, what a modern VR system needs to be. Something more cross-platform, something uh, less expensive, yeah. something, you know, I get that you don't want to do it wireless, but maybe like something, you know, that's easier, compat- like that, yeah, something that's more compatible with more devices than just the PlayStation yeah, 5. Yeah, this is literally just an accessory for the PlayStation yeah. 5. Or offer a wireless mode mm-hmm. so you can play games on the hardware itself. It is, uh, I mean, it is decent tech. Like, it's very yeah. good. The tech that's in there is very good. It's it's just all of the other stuff around it. Like, like, like the MetaQuest 2 is so good because yeah. it, you don't have to freaking plug it into anything. And, yeah, it's it's it, it's not as, the, the tech isn't as good in the MetaQuest 2. And, yeah. and the games aren't going to be as, you know, high quality. But you don't, we, we, we talk about this all the time. The games, most games don't need to be graphical powerhouses. Right. They just need to be good games. Yeah. You know? I think the problem is VR is still very much an enthusiast yeah. product. Yeah. It's a, like a very niche product. And the thing with enthusiasts is, all right, so PSVR 
PSVR 2, all told, all in, it's at base, it's going to be like $1,000 for the system and the headset and the controllers that it comes with. But at $1,000, an enthusiast is going to get the HTC Vive or the Valve Index and hook it up to their $1,000 gaming rig. Mm. And they're and they're set. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. Gaming rig. Or at the other end of the spectrum... Like somebody who's like wants to dip their toe into VR is just gonna get the the Meta Quest. Yeah. So unless they have a PlayStation Five. Well, I don't even necessarily and know because well because the the Quest is cheaper. Yeah. And it's wireless, so that puts the PSVR two in this weird middle ground. Yes. Where, you know, the casuals are gonna go for the Meta Quest, and the enthusiasts are gonna go for like the Vive or the Index. Yeah. I I don't want to get this because it is just going to sit in a closet just like my PSVR 1. Yeah. It's just sitting in a closet right now. Yeah. Uh, So I don't want this at all. I'm not interested at all. But I'm interested in making a video on it. Yeah. Uh, So I kind of don't want to even pre-order it. Like, I feel like I missed the boat. I mean, but I still want to make a video on it. Um, I did get an email about the DualSense Edge controller from... Uh some company that i guess works with playstation and i was like hey uh i don't need i bought one i don't need you're like late i don't don't, i'm gonna get one anyway i emailed them and was like hey do you still have any uh playstation vr 2s so i'm gonna see if they will (laughs) just give me one but uh yeah this isn't worth it for me to to buy maybe if they don't give it to me i'm not making a video that's how that's how it's gonna be yeah because because i don't it's a waste of 550 dollars i'm gonna sit around uh costco still has them on pre-order yes is vizino i bet you playstation also still has them. yeah i mean I'm because sh- that the whole thing is they're stopping fucking production because nobody pre-ordered it i mean sony's they try to say like people are enthusiastic about it. i'm like i'm sure they are but doesn't mean they can afford it right now i think this thing is oh he says he works there <laughs> save me one <laughs> I, th- I have a membership card I that think, helps i think that they're gonna uh drop support for this very quickly when they realize that it's not really working out it's it's so weird because they didn't technically drop support for the psvr one they just kind of stopped talking about that's it. that's what i mean i think they're going to stop talking about it very early and a lot of they're just not they're going to stop making games yeah um we're very late we need a, a oh yeah rapid fire through some of this stuff okay um so real quick, uh, the upcoming Capcom Cup will no longer use PlayStation consoles, um, and they will switch to PCs with displays of up to 144 hertz. The company didn't provide any other information on hardware going into the PCs, but the move is expected to reduce input lag and the time it takes for a system to blah, 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 blah. Uh, Street Fighter Five players have long dealt with input lag issues on the PS4 and even the PS5. Um, so, yeah, so... That's very interesting. That is I, interesting. I also just learned today that uh, a DualShock 4 has more input lag when you plug it in uh, hmm. because it pull, it changes the amount of times, the frequency at which it pulls yeah. the inputs. DualShock, the new one, the PlayStation 5 controller. That, the Sense, yeah. Uh, has no change in input lag, whether it's wired or, or wireless, uh, which means that it's nerfing the wired connection. <laughs> Which is weird because the edge makes a big deal about like how you can like plug it in. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't fucking do it. Huh, interesting. 
Uh, although I haven't tested it, yeah. I've just assumed it's the same. It's gonna be the same as as a dual sense. Yeah. Everything about it is the same. It's the fucking dual right. sense. Uh, anyway, it makes sense why they would want to switch to PC for yeah. for a situation. But it's like interesting that. because like you would think they wouldn't want to do console because console is like uniform. It's like yeah. one thing, so everyone's on level playing field. Yeah. PCs, it's like no two PCs are really the same. It's so. Street Fighter though. I know like, it'll run fun. Yeah, I'm sure it will. But also too, Street Fighter Five only exists because Sony funded it. So right. for them to like just drop PlayStation as the console choices, they're like, we don't need you anymore. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, all right, Resident Evil Four remake is moving is removing quick time events and adding side quests. Yeah, you know what? Don't mind it. It's uh, removing quick time events, adding side quests, and introducing breakable knives. They're oh, do- yeah. Wait, where's that from? The breakable knives. Resident Evil Two remake. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's um. It adds. It's adding a lot more features. It's adding side quests. It also is changing the way Ashley works. Um, before it was like one button uh, where you can just tell her to stop or follow you, and you can have her hide in garbage in garbage cans. Uh, no more garbage cans for her to hide in. Um, and when you tell her to stop now, she won't just sit still. She'll like actively try to hide mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, Resident Evil Four was one of the first uh, oh. big games to have quick time events. Yes, and they felt good at the time. Yeah, but then they were very yeah, quickly. Yeah, because people out. like because you know they used them wrong. Every mm-hmm. other you know Resident Evil Four used them as a way to keep you on the edge of your seat. Other games use it as a lazy way to continue the story without having you do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, also in the way Ashley works is, um, she doesn't have a health meter anymore, but if she takes too much damage, she'll go into a down state and need to be revived. But if you don't revive her, um, uh, if she gets attacked in this down state, then she dies. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're all, they're also changed. Remember the, the scene where it's, it's you and Lewis in the house and you have to defend yourself from, yeah, the, they're adding barricades mechanics to it like in the resident evil 2 remake where you can board up the windows to keep people from coming in okay so it just seems like they're adding a lot of unnecessary crap to a game that didn't need to have all this unnecessary (laughs) crap to it yeah i don't know i mean they're trying to modernize like why does it need side quests why it was a linear experience it was a perfectly crafted linear experience that had you go on this perfectly crafted odyssey through a european a vaguely spanish european country (laughs) To try and rescue the president's daughter. And now they're just adding all this this nonsense to it. There were side quests in the original Resident Evil 4, if you want to get technical, but they were not a big deal. They were shoot 15 medallions and you get an extra gun. They were, uh, if you can solve this puzzle, you'll get an extra gem to add to your crown to increase the value of it to sell to the merchant. Yeah, I like that type of side quest. Yeah. I don't want to do a whole thing. Yeah, you know, I want to just collect stuff you know like along the way yeah i just it 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 was like i say this all the time no no game is perfect nothing is perfect resident evil 4 was one of the closest things to perfect i had ever played and like i just don't i just don't understand the point of this remake i really don't i've said it from the beginning all you need to do to resident evil 4 is add some kind of modern control scheme to make it feel better on a modern controller but they're not doing that they're remaking the whole fucking game and it doesn't need it (laughs) and the worst part about it bob yes is that i have to get it and play it yes on every console i'm obligated (laughs) well no if this game sucks i'm not getting on every console 
but I am obligated to at least get it on PlayStation 4 and try it when it comes out. That is true. PlayStation 4. Right, because I, I don't have a PlayStation 5. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, last, Star Wars Jedi Survivors delayed till April 28th. Yay. Yeah, boo. But yes, also, yes, it has been delayed. That's great because it gives me more time to finish. Yeah, maybe I, can, maybe I can play Resident Evil 4 remake. When that comes <laughs> out. Uh, and yeah, try to finish uh, Fallen Order. Um, it's It always sucks when a game is delayed. Um, but hopefully this just means the game will be as good as we want it to be. Because yeah. the first game was very good. And hopefully this slows up to that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. It's this time. Yay! So this is a Twitter like back and forth between the Red Angry Bird mm-hmm. and the Cult of the Lamb Twitter account. Yeah. There, I don't know what it's just kind of stupid. Woods, they just started going back and forth. Yeah. It's very stupid. Uh, but the final notes here are the red angry bird said, Careful, I was sacrificing pigs before anyone knew y- who you were. <laughs> Lamb chops next, and it's like a red angry bird, like making a flipping lamb a burger, chop, yeah. I guess. Uh, uh, well, it's flipping a burger, burger patty, yeah. It looks uh, like a probably a lamb burger. burger. And then the cult of the lamb Twitter account just said. Tomatoes will go great with that burger, and it's a screenshot <laughs> of the Rotten Tomatoes score yeah. of, of their movie. Um, fun. F- like, have you looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score of the Angry Birds two movie? No, I didn't know there was a second one. There was a second one. Look it up because you will be surprised by the number. Uh, okay. Whoops! I hit a button. <laughs> Oh, everything broke. Oh, great. Uh, 73? Yeah. Wow. It is. That's not bad. It is a substantially better rated movie. That's crazy. <laughs> Somehow. I have not seen either of these films, but I am I am insanely curious how the Angry Birds movie franchise can go from that bad to actually it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a huge turnaround. Yeah, for but, Angry Birds. But I mean, the biggest what the fuck is Paddington 2, right? No. 99%. Well, yeah. Well, Paddington 1 was like 98. Oh, 97. Yeah. So, like, the, the Paddington films are just out of nowhere. It's <laughs> like, how the fuck are these movies getting such good reviews? And this is Angry Birds going from, I expected that, to, what do you mean this is good? Yeah. You know what else is, like, kind of like this? Have you been following, like, what's going on with the new Puss in Boots movie? Puss? No. Oh, no. I ha- I've i seen the animation. Uh, yeah. I've seen animation Twitter go crazy. Yeah. It. So it's yeah. that. And it does look fucking awesome. And it's like the review scores, like, are reflecting it. Because everyone's like, this movie is great. It does look really yeah. good. Yeah. I saw the clip of, like, him fighting, like, I guess it's the Grim Reaper. And it's, like, actually kind of scary. Mm-hmm. So I want to check that no, it's out. It's like the big bad guy is, like, a giant wolf guy or Yeah. Something. All right. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk to you people very, very quick. Yes. That means I have to open up Discord to answer questions left on last week's Wolfden Podcast over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Wolfden Podcast. Yes. So uh, over on YouTube, we got Brendan Shark who says, whoa, that was a genuinely interesting and entertaining podcast. Listened on podcast. When did you guys suddenly get so good? Listened <laughs> on podcast? I don't know what that means. When but, the- hey, thanks. Hey, I mean, you do this for like how many, like how many years have we been doing this shit? I've been doing this for so many years and I've never had a comment like that. Yeah. So that so, makes me think that you're a bot. And well, I, don't, I, I, I was going to say, we've been doing this for so long, we're bound to get one of them right. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you very much. Stir Sticks Burke says, Mario holding an IRL plunger triggers my <laughs> fight or flight. What was that about? I don't remember, but I, that, there's something, that does sound like something that would be funny. Uh, Thrill House says, first time, long time at all that. <laughs> Generally, the bros are on the ball, but you're absolutely wrong about Gremlins 2. That game slaps, and I will hear nothing else. Nor will I go back and try it again. <laughs> I was about to say, go. F- I'll. I, I was about to bet you to get through the first fucking whatever. I need to find that level that's yeah. impossible. I, I want to. I think it's just the first two levels. I want to be clear. We are specifically referring to the Game Boy. Oh yes, too. Yes. Because the one on NES is not that bad. It's it's not you know you know I wouldn't you know call it one of the best ever. But it is actually playable as opposed to the Game Boy. No, version. the Game Boy version is the one that we're talking yeah. about. That that's bad. Foreign user says, "I really don't think Halo is as important as people in the industry think it is." Okay, that's okay. a crazy take. It was big ten years ago. Well, yes, they killed it over the last decade and then continued to fire rounds into its corpse in order to keep people watching. They could just end the whole FPS franchise, but out. Put out some spinoffs and call it a day. Nobody would care. A lot of people would care. A lot of people would care. I mean, you'd be surprised. Every time there's a new Halo game, the excitement is through the roof. I understand what he's saying, that uh, it's not as big of a deal now. Well, yeah. But there, it's it was a big deal, and it can it was still a big be deal. a big deal. I would it's argue... It's a very... Uh, uh, the, the franchise is worth a lot. I would argue it's still a big deal, because look how many people are so up in arms about how like the treatment of it in yeah. these past few games there's still like a hardcore fan base and people still like want their halo but microsoft has not given them a reason to check out halo right or stick with halo so uh shep said or c42 says if square goes under we need to save secret of mana and sword of mana that remake they did on ps4 wasn't it chief <laughs> and the collection they did is buggy as hell trials was okay but a legit hd remake of secret of mana in that old school style would be a seller among us old farts um uh yeah I yeah mean, I, I don't square's not just gonna disappear Squ- square's gonna get bought by somebody yeah probably absolutely probably um, uh sony it, it, you just hope that you know whoever buys square doesn't just make final fantasy and dragon quest games like they will you know honor like the legacy of like all their other stuff like mana and live alive and all the other random crap i'm forgetting because i don't really play square games right um there was one more uh comment that fred didn't put in here that says, not going to lie, I always thought Bob was bisexual, at least gay. He just hits <laughs> you with that energy, you know? <laughs> no, I don't know. What energy? Well, don't, well, don't you? Uh, you're lighting. <laughs> Didn't we talk oh, my about bi- Yes, my bisexual <laughs> lighting. That's right. That's what we talked about last week. Anyway, all right. We're going to read like two chat messages. Yeah. We got to go because we're running very we're late. We're running right very now. late. Uh, Bob, did you know app? Apple sells DualSense controllers on their website. Found out when I was browsing their site. I did. I did not know that. Uh, no, they do. Because um, you can officially use Xbox, Sony, and uh, Nintendo controllers on Apple devices. 
uh, Apple TV specifically. Yes. Yeah, if you go into the Apple TV settings, it'll tell you how to sync an Xbox controller, DualSense, or a DualShock, and a uh, Joy-Con. All right, I'm just going to look controllers. I think they used to sell Xbox controllers on their website. Now they sell uh, DualSense. And I DualSense think... Steel Series. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Not even... They used to have, like, GameSir, I think. Yeah, they used to have, like, a lot of, like, crap ones. But you can... Officially, you can connect a Sony... Any PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo controller to your Apple TV. Or your phone, even. Okay. Which is good, because, you know, if you want to play games on it, you need, you need controllers. I was... Uh, I'm playing with the DualSense Edge, and it has back buttons. Yeah. But you can only configure the back buttons if you have a PlayStation 5. Really? Yeah, so if you get it for, from the Apple Store, you can't... <laughs> for, for an Apple device, you can't configure the back buttons. If you get it for the computer, which a lot of people do, yeah. can't configure the back wow. buttons. Wow. Yeah. I have that um, attachment for the PS4 controller, the DualShock, where like, it has back buttons. Yeah. And that you can figure right on the device itself. It's got a little LCD screen. There, there's two extra function buttons on the edge on yeah. the bottom that you could easily make one of them a map thing. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't Interesting. do that. It's very stupid. Anyway, uh, I've played my last few PC games with a Gully Kid controller hooked up to my Chromecast streaming from my PC via Moonlight. Interesting. I didn't know you could hook up a Gully Kit to the Chromecast. I mean, it's a Bluetooth controller, isn't it? To the Chromecast, though? Doesn't, doesn't I, didn't, I didn't know you could do Bluetooth to the Chromecast. Oh, that's crazy the only chromecast i ever had i gave to you because i never used it right uh can i get a happy birthday shout out from will happy birthday all right have cake <laughs> chromecast will take x input controllers okay okay some xbox 360 games will be taken off the store oh yeah i saw this um i, I didn't put an article in it because i was like still confused apparently like some xbox 360 games are going to be removed from the store like permanently like just delisted, oh. yeah. And well, it's like major games. It's like some of the Call of Duty games. It's like some of the Assassin's Creed games. If you already own it, I think you can still download it. But like, if you don't, then you're not going to be able to find it. Well, that's but a- like, not all of them. And I think it's a way to like. I, it was really confusing the way like they worded it. So I have to I have to do more research and come back next week. Uh, uh, I mean, they've been really good at backwards compatibility, keeping that. 360 library right but, uh, but i mean it, we're gonna lose it eventually I but guess. these are all backwards compatible games yeah yeah but, but but we're losing them but we're losing them but they you know you would think that they would still keep them available right 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 but uh people in the chat are saying that the new chromecast uh has android tv on it or google tv yeah has a whole operating system on it so that makes more sense uh can you download well if you download moonlight then you could download retroarch uh if bob gives off buy energy will gives off cool ally energy (laughs) that's that's all i that's all i could hope for all right thank you for hanging out thank you for tuning in thank you for watching thank you for chatting with us as always the wolf den podcast is every tuesday night at 8 p.m eastern right here on twitch.tv slash wolf den if you can't make the show for any reason at all we always put it up as an archive version over on our youtube channel youtube.com slash wolf den podcast so you can go check us out over there on demand whenever you want if you prefer to listen to us rather than watch us you can do that as well we're also an audio podcast on anchor.fm slash wolf den podcast or your preferred podcast service choice but no matter where you get the show from folks please be sure to subscribe rate and review us because that helps us with placement on all of those respective platforms. Um, 
somebody in the chat asked if we've talked about the uh the 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 mario uh trailer thing oh the 30 second spot yeah there wasn't really anything wasn't special really much that was it, going yeah. on there honestly um yeah so i mean it looks more like more mario we get to hear seth rogan it sounds like he does talk yeah and it sounds like he's not putting on a voice he's just talking he's just straight up talking yeah. i guess all right, uh, I'm going away. Uh, I'm not going to rate anybody because sometimes I don't feel like it. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, then. Bye. See you uh, Thursday for a video and uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, oh, yeah, stream. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.